Live from the Altitude 950 Studios, the Vic Lombardi Show starts now. I like Vic Lombardi. You go to Denver, very few Lombardis. No, I guess we're naturals. I guess we're naturals in there, man. He's a man who likes wine. And I'll tell you something else. He knows more about sports in his toenail than you know in your family tree. Yes, sir. You hit it right on the head, man. Don't talk about my height. I have to keep it very professional, which uh, I will. But uh, you got a big crowd out there. Yeah. It's uh, Vic Lombardi night. It's all entertainment. You know, it's yeah. all entertainment, man. You're listening to Dr. Vic Lombardi. Akib Talib joins us on the show this morning, as he does every Tuesday here on the Vic Lombardi Show, 8.15 with Akib. Jeff Legwald in studio from 9 to 10, and our piping hot takes coming up in the very next segment. A happy Tuesday morning to you, fellas. H.W., I understand you went to the Rockies game last night? Yeah, I'm still thawing out. A little bit of a popsicle. Very disappointing ending, but I was one of... About 10,000 that made it to the end. Manchester, did you watch the whole thing? I did. So did I. All the way to the uh, bitter end of the line out to first base. So did I. And um, that ninth inning, well, we can get into detail on what happened there in the ninth. But guys, you know, I still look at the standings and see the Rockies two and a half up on the Cardinals because the Cubs did the uh, Rockies a big favor. Milwaukee idle yesterday. They didn't play. They're a game and a half behind the Rockies. You figure with the game in hand, they'll be a game back. You know, the... The Rockies could feasibly not win another game and back their way into the playoffs. It feels like it. Now, let's keep things in perspective. With 20 games to play, I put together my four-point plus. Yes. They're still plus one. That's amazing. They're still plus one on that plan. So, as bad as they've been scuffling here in the last week, they're still on pace. they got to win two games in the next five to hit my plan exactly. I still think... Just watching the way Milwaukee and St. Louis are playing and the fact they play each other, 86 is going to at least get you a play-in game. At least. How comfortable would it have been to win that game last night? You'd be two and a half up on the Brewers, three and a half up on the Cardinals with five to go. Uh, it would basically be over on St. Louis and Milwaukee. You would be having them on the ropes ready to put in the death blow. My goodness. The Brewers, meanwhile, played the Reds in a three-game set, correct? Starting tonight. Yes. So they've got the Reds followed by a trip to St. Louis. So the Brewers and St. Louis. Let me ask you guys this question. What should I be rooting for in regards to St. Louis and Milwaukee? Besides both of them losing as much as possible. Nothing. Who, who do I want on top going into that final series? Nothing. What do don't, you mean nothing? Don't root for anything. That's, you, you, like, that's, that's un-American. You're in the lead. Root for your team to win. That's all you got to do. The rest of this stuff, I, I think, is dangerous. And I learned this lesson in 1996 when I wanted Jacksonville to beat Buffalo, and then they came in here and mm -hmm. beat the Broncos. Don't root for anything. Root for your team to win. The only time you got to root is when you're behind and you need somebody to lose in order to catch them. I think that is a dangerous proposition, Vic. Mm, Just I let it go. I think you want to root for that series to mean something for both teams, though, right? Yeah, so root for them both to lose every game. But then, it, it, well, true, well, they that can't means going into the last neither. series. I think it's yeah. dangerous if one of them wins the next three days and the other one loses yeah, the next I, three exactly. days. Exactly. I don't want a team on some crazy hot streak. That That's what I'm, I'm rooting against a crazy hot streak. Is that fair? Sure, but again, you're in first, you're, you're in front here. You're in first in this race. Just root for the Rockies. If they go out and take care of business last night and don't just fold time after time after time after time, we're sitting here today 
basically with the champagne on ice. It's not about the Brewers and the Cardinals. It's not. It's about what the Rockies need to do. Bud Black needs to start figuring it out. Let's discuss, by the way, the... um the final inning and how things worked out. Because I get it. You can take every inning and nitpick and say what they should have done. I mean, what what inning was it where they had three up, three down, all whiffing? Was it the eighth. seventh? Was it the eighth? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. In the middle of a pennant chase or a playoff race, whatever the hell you want to call this thing, in the middle of a playoff race and you can't make contact? Trevor Story swung at three balls. The guy threw him the exact same pitch four times, a slider low and away, and he swung it at three times. Well, what is Ian Desmond right now? I, what is human what is ground he? out? What is he? That guy bounces out to third or short every at bat. He's awful. And not only that, his I, I don't know if he got officially got an error, but his play in the outfield with the bases loaded that scored three runs, inexcusable. I didn't inexcusable. get a good look at the replay. You were at the game there, HW. Was his first move up? I mean, it as an outfield, did he take two steps toward the ball? A step toward the ball, and right. then he got twisted. And well, then turned, that's an error. And you then know, that's an error. you know exactly. what he looked yeah. like. He looked like Matt Holiday yeah. in that field. It I mean, was an adventure. That, that was the first question I had because I didn't see the replay of that. If your first step as an outfielder is toward the ball when it's coming at you, that's an error. Well, and that inning got off the rails. Chatwood got the first out, and then there was a ground ball, a little soft grounder down the third baseline that Nolan tried to barehand, and he blew the play. And, and, yeah, maybe we've come to expect that kind of play from him, but if you're a freaking MVP, make the play. Make the play. Uh, he, he gets that, it's two outs, but nope, now all of a sudden you got a guy on. It wasn't a ball that was hit very hard. Here's your here replay, it goes. Yeah, yeah, he took two steps up. Yep, it, and then he twists and, and turns and, turned and the hits the top way. of his yeah. glove. We just yeah. watched the Ian Desmond play in studio yeah. that made it one nothing to 4 nothing. Right, so no, it's going to gonna score a run. Yeah, it's no matter score what. a guy tagging up right. the third. But it, this, this team, I just pull my hair out. It's yeah. Luke Roy gets a leadoff triple in an inning, and he doesn't score because yeah. they can't. Hit well, Luke Roy, ironically, swing for the fences. he's the guy that you've been railing on for some reason the last few weeks, and he's the only guy that was clutch last night. He, had a, good, was a, he had a good day. Let's Luke Roy was the best player on the roster let, last night. Let, let's call Tom Lawrence and find a spot in the Hall of Fame, Colorado Sports Hall of Fame for Luke Roy right next he's to He's the Simeon. only guy he had faith in last night. Give me a break. He had a professional at bat in the ninth inning. Can't say the same for anybody else. No. No, but just because everybody else was terrible doesn't mean we need to knight the guy. Well, I'm just telling you, he's better than what you've been. I'm just ticked. That was such a winnable game, and they just blew it. They blew it with their manager. He made terrible decisions. They blew it at the plate. They blew it in the field. They blew it by playing like a Little League team. Let me ask you just a couple quick questions. I was going to save this for my hot take, but we're on it right now. Ninth inning, LaCroix gets on, okay? Uh, Bear Claw, or whatever his name is, can't seem to handle LaCroix. He gets on. Automatically, they pinch run for him. You figure in a pinch run situation, okay, the next batter, stay out of a double play, whatever you do. Stay out of a Correct. double play. All right, just if you're, if you're going to stay out of a double play, do what you – why not bunt the guy over at that point when you're looking to tie because the game? Because you got Cargo who's hitting 250 coming up, and you think he's going to hit a home run because their, their mentality is I don't swing get for the fence. I don't get that. It's if, stupid. If you're trying to survive, survive the game, you're down a run in the ninth. You've got a speed guy now on first because you're pinch running for Lucroy. You want to make sure you don't go into a double play and just end the move the guy over. Do it. Make contact. So that's question number one. Question number two is why cargo instead of Valeka? 
when the lake has been the clutch pinch, I'm sure it was lefty-righty, right? The, well, the pitcher was a right-hander. Well, LaCroix was a right-hander. He got on. I, I know, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that was the decision. But here's the thing. In that situation, I don't care if it's Vileka coming up. I don't care if it's Cargo coming up. You put the runner on second, and you have Charlie Blackman, DJ LeMahieu, and Nolan and Arnado try and bring coming up. Exactly. With, with the chance, and not all of them are going to get up. Somebody's exactly. going to have to get on base. But you got at least... Chuck Nasty and DJ with the chance to drive in the winning run. Okay, why not? It's baseball one. Why not have Cargo bunt then? Is it beneath him to bunt in that situation? I don't know. That's a great question. I have no idea. I mean, well, the Vileka, goal is to win the game or tie the game, right, not win the game. Yes. The goal is to tie the game at that point. And Valeka hits that home run on Sunday. He now has 17 RBIs as a pinch hitter this year. He's setting records as a pinch hitter. And in a 5-4 game with the playoffs on the freaking line, that guy doesn't get off your bench. Little Ninja got off your bench. Mm. Mike Talkman got off your bench. You used eight pitchers. And your pinch hitter who's setting records in a one-run game doesn't get off your bench? Yeah, and that's, it goes, I'm so tired of that left-right argument, you know, because the guy who got on base is a right-handed hitter. LaCroix got on base. I know. The two lefties couldn't. But it, it, it just, and how did the game end? How did the game end? With a, with a double play. Exactly. You want to stay out of that. That's stay the one thing you're trying to play. avoid. Get the runner over. Avoid the double play to end the game. And if you get the runner over and the double play then comes into play again, is it means either Charlie or DJ got on base. And then you know what? Nolan gets to hit. I mean, it's... it's it's the no-brainer of all no-brainers, and he can't figure it out. But did anybody ask him last night? Did anybody ask Teflon Bud about that last night? Do we have post-game comments? Jesse, do we have them? Because I'd like to hear. We have a few of them. I'd like to hear if that question was asked. Or do we all just go down and say, hey, how come, you know, Trevor doesn't get more credit? Well, and I do have to give you... I do. Have... Trevor? <laughs> the hell does Trevor have it's to just, do with It's that? an example of the... Asinine questions you get in this town. I do have to give James a little credit on this. Bud Black's been been good this year, but we like Bud Black because he's not Walt Weiss. Exactly. I'm not sure Bud Black is this miracle worker we all thought. When he did was. we go to a game and I booed him? Like May. And I just you guys were know, all over me for that. Because he's not time, Walt Weiss. The, but he's wrong last night. At that time when you booed he didn't him, have a good they, night. they were 20 games above 500. Well, you? Somebody could, again, yeah. to use the, the quote I've coined that Jeff Houston's now stealing, I look out the front window, not the rearview mirror. Now people are stealing your terms. Yep. Okay. I need to ask you guys. He called him Teflon Cargo last night. I did hear that. <laughs> the conversation. The conversation. When Cargo goes to the plate. And it's fine that he steals that. What What is the conversation? When Cargo goes, picks up a bat in that situation, does Bud say anything to him at that point? Does he, Or, or is it all his? Does I think say, it's all his because he thought Cargo was going to hit a two-run walk-off. And well, everybody Cargo wanted went, that. Whiff, whiff, listen, whiff. listen, we all wanted that. We were all dreaming of that. That was the fantasy situation, of course. Of course, you want that. But, man, as soon as he took that early swing at that changeup, I said, oh, this yeah. is over. You knew how it was going. Yeah. And you know what? Same with Charlie. As soon as he swung early at the changeup, I said, oh, that's done. You could just tell. You knew when Trevor Story was up. Yeah, you could and, just and tell. He, he, he swung at the, the slider in the dirt. You knew that where that was going. Hell, Spilly said it. He said, I'd throw him the same pitch till he doesn't swing at one. Well, and they both, I don't know if, if you guys noticed this, both Cargo and Charlie got first pitch fastballs right down the pipe. Stare and I turned him. to my buddy and I said, those are the two best pitches they're going to get. Mm -hmm. Cargo's was right down the middle. And that's where 
Spilly said a pinch hitter has to be more aggressive. Where Valeka may have swung at that right off the, you know, yeah. Valeka, he's been in that situation. You don't have time to be patient in that situation. Patience doesn't work. Well, the, the pitcher doesn't want to fall behind. You're going to get your best pitch early. I thought, the bat. I thought cargo over Patty Barrels was a pretty bad decision last night. Oh, it was on the long list of bad decisions. I know you're going to get into it. But I have a list of seven grief. in my hot take. Seven different things that could have propelled them to win that game. And as Manchester said, we'd have champagne on ice this morning. And instead, this is going to go right down to the wire. They're going to play Sunday against the Dodgers, Vic, while everyone's watching the Broncos game. And the Rocky season is going to be on the line. Ouch. When's the damn sum? The sun's still not coming out. Have we seen the sun in a week? Hello, Colorado, show me the sun. You got the Vic Lombardi Show. Hot takes coming up. Yeah, game of inches, isn't it? How about smoked? I mean, man, but but uh, looks like it. Uh, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the replay, but it looked like it hit his glove and maybe just you know maybe beat him. I couldn't uh, you know from my vantage point, I couldn't tell. But it was a bullet. Uh, he made a nice uh, look like a. Valiant effort by jumping right, had to jump, and just tipped off his glove. That's what I saw. Well, I'm, I just ask yourself that question. If that's Gerardo Parra in that position, does he make the catch? Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. Does he? I, I, I'm just asking a legit question. He's not exactly a wizard at okay. left field. It's a guy who's played a lot more outfield, though, than Ian Desmond sure. has. Desmond took two steps in, looked lost. He looked like Matt Holiday. Oh, there. okay. Well, then where the hell do you play him? He can't play first. He acknowledged that. I, I'm not sure Ian, but he said he, remember Desmond, he said he can't play first. It's, he's played first. He just said he couldn't play it the other day. He had that air. He said, this is all new to me. Oh. Then, you know what? He probably ought to just sit next to Bud. I that, mean, what are you going to lose? Mm-hmm. The ground out? Well, that's Bud Black talking about the uh, the shot that led to three runs for the Marlins early in the game. Three runs that could have been just one run would have changed Change the game a bit. There were so many plays during the course of that that Rockies game. You know the beauty of it, though, that we're breaking down. We spent the first segment breaking down a Rockies game like we would do a Broncos game. Yeah, but that's a little bit like last week. You're like, isn't it fun to score? No, I'm not watch? saying it's fun. I'm saying we're breaking it down. I It'd think be we can all be agree here breaking down we the could, win. We all agree after that game they should have bunted. They should have bunted Cargo or somebody to avoid the double play. That's the one managerial decision we would have made. What would Whitey Herzog have done? Kick it off with our piping hot takes. I am the greatest. Because I spit hot fire. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station, and the Vic Lombardi Show present Piping Hot Takes. Brought to you by Sus Buick GMC. No dealership fee ever at Sus. We're going to start with Manchester or HW. Who wants to go first? HW, you're first on the piping hot takes. All right, I've got seven reasons the Rockies lost last night. I was there. I was 20 rows up. I was a damn popsicle by the end of the night. I'm still freaking freezing, and they ticked me off. So you got there at the very beginning and stayed the entire game. I watched from first pitch to the very end. How many people were there? And I drank bottled water. How many people were there at the very end of the game? Record. No draft beer. No draft beer. It was a bottled water kind of Monday. Uh, I'm gonna say ten thousand, and that's generous. It was probably more like seven or eight. There was no one there. For the record, I was supposed to have gone to that game. Why didn't you? Too cold. Friday night is fireworks. It's gonna be a little chilly. Mm. I'll be there. Bottom of the third inning, Jonathan Lucroy triples to lead the inning off. No runs. Top of the fourth inning, Ian Desmond looks like Matt Holiday in left field. Takes about four steps in, and then about seven steps sideways backwards. 
Gives up three runs, 4 nothing Marlins. Free pass to the Gold Glove third baseman. He needs to make the play that started the uh, slide. Top of the six, Kyle Freeland comes in. Hasn't been the same pitcher since he tweaked his groin. Kyle Freeland throws three pitches and gives up two rocket doubles to what make did, it 5-1. What did you say he tweaked? His groin. Okay. He said it right that time. First time? Groined. He, said, he called he it a groin. like Jeff George. Sorry. Bottom seventh, it's 5-3. They're scrapping back. There's one out. The bases are loaded. Here comes Nolan Arenado and Mark Reynolds. They get a combined one run. Can't get the big hit from either guy. It's only 5-4. Top eight, here comes Scotty Oberg to load the bases with no one out. Yeah. Scotty O. It didn't cost him. But Obum came in and almost blew it. Rustin and Estevez bailed him out. It doesn't, just because they got out of it, doesn't make it a good decision. Yeah. It's a 5-4 game. You you claw your way back in, and you go to Scott Oberg. He loads the bases without getting an out. Bottom eight, three straight strikeouts by Gerardo Parra, Ian Desmond, and Trevor Story. All three were swinging. All three were bad at bats. And all three highlighted that black hole in that lineup we've talked about all year long. The personnel changes, the black hole remains. Well, there was nobody on base, so therefore Ian Desmond didn't hit a ground ball. (laughs) Into a double play. Bottom nine, uh, cargo over Patty Barrels is ridiculous. Patty Barrels homers in San Diego. Sets a club record for RBIs as a pinch hitter. In a 5-4 game with the playoffs on the line, your best pinch hitter doesn't get off the bench. Somehow, Little Ninja and Mike Talkman did inexcusable by Buddy Black, and he could have bunted if he wanted to bring up Cargo. Bet you thought, Seven reasons they lost that game. Bet you never thought you'd say that six months ago. Pat Valeka should have been there over Cargo. I, I didn't. I, it's the only one I disagree on. I don't have a problem with that decision. I have a problem with what they decided to do with whoever was at bat in that spot. Okay, but they decided to swing for the fences. Agreed. And I would rather right now, I'd rather now have Patty Barrel swinging for the fences than Fine. Cargo. Because Cargo went up and went whiff, whiff, whiff. Who's your best bunter? That's who should have been know. at the plate. Tony Wolters was still on the bench. Tom Murphy was still on the bench. That's who should have been at the plate. Somebody who could put down a bunt you didn't mind burning his back. Brennan Rogers' season is over and we still haven't seen him. Mm, you get Trevor Story. Next hot take. It's Manchester's hot take. Fellas, we spent a quite a bit of time on it yesterday talking about President Trump's comments about NFL players, and we all condemned them. We all said, hey, that's that, that's just inappropriate. That's not something you can say. That's not something you can side with. We talked about NFL players taking a knee, linking arms, and we were on their side saying, you know what, we, we get it. We understand why they're making a statement during the national anthem. To me... That's the right side of the argument. Doesn't mean you have to be on my side. Doesn't mean you have to agree with me. But that's the right side of the argument. But that doesn't mean everybody who's on that side is right. Case in point, Spurs head coach Greg Popovich spoke on this topic yesterday. Here's part of what he said. country's an embarrassment in the world. Our country is an embarrassment in the world. Really, Pop? Really? Really? Mm. When there's a natural disaster and people need help, yeah. who's do the they, first country? Do they call that? China yeah. when they get attacked and they need help? Do they call Russia when you go down to the border? Which way are people going? Mm. Go to North Korea. You think those people are happy with their country? Look, I get it. We have all sorts of problems in this country. We have things that need to be fixed. But being on that side and being hyperbole guy and saying. We're an embarrassment 
around the world? I don't think so, Pop. I think that's overstepping things. I think that's overstating things. And I don't think that's helping the situation at all. I think Greg Popovich is better served when he's insulting reporters and drinking his fine wine than when he's speaking out on this topic. Well, see, Pop's allowed to say whatever he wants because he served in the Air Force. Therefore, he has that on his resume. He can say whatever I'm he wants. I'm just saying, that's the impression. Now, d- d- uh, does the president say some things that are embarrassing? Sure, he does. But to say our country is an embarrassment around the world, yeah. that's so inappropriate and so off-base and so wrong. That needs to be yeah. called out just as much as President Trump's comments well, he, on Friday You make night. a point. You know, uh, We always hear that basketball is a universal game. It's played around the world. So why is the NBA headquartered here? If it's such an embarrassment, why why isn't it headquartered in China? Fair question. Or Europe? Fair question. Just, just curious. Just curious. Why is it here? Pop? Let me ask you this. If uh, Vladimir Putin came out and ripped something athletes were doing in Russia, and then they went out and defiantly did it, you think they'd just show up for work on Monday? <laughs> it ain't an embarrassment, Pop. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> Next hot take. It's Vic's hot take. I had to write some thoughts down because I've gone up and down across. This whole damn topic has occupied and consumed my my weekend and my Monday. Here's what I'm gonna. Here's here's what I want. Here I, I want I want to rewind the clock. I really do. This whole kneeling thing. I don't know what to do with myself anymore when I go to a game. I feel like I'm at a Catholic church again where you're kneeling, standing, kneeling, standing. You don't know you know, when to kneel, when to stand. And I grew up going to Catholic Mass. So I need some help here. So if I kneel, if I kneel now, am I anti-cop? If I stand, am I anti-black? If I stand in the tunnel, am I anti-flag? If I stand with my hand to my heart, am I anti-diversity? If I sing the anthem out loudly, am I anti-sensitive? If I don't sing at all, am I anti-American? If I watch the NFL, am I anti-Trump? If I boycott the NFL, am I anti-equality? This is all about extremists, because both sides are on the extreme here. I, I can't stand extremists. This is what we've come to. Why does everybody have to make a point by doing one or the other? You know what I am? I'm anti-politics at this point. I'm anti-extremist. I'm anti-left. I'm anti-right. I feel what I believe, and I believe what I feel. Doesn't make me anti-anything. I just want to go to a game. If I want to get to my knees, I'll get to my knees. If I want to stand, I'll stand. I just want to watch sports. I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. I just want to watch sports like we used to. I think the vast majority of people would agree with you. That was well said, Vic. Those are our piping hot takes. By the way, uh, we've been doing this show almost for a year. October 24th will be our anniversary. Circle it on your calendar. Uh, that is the first time all three of us yeah. had written notes for the hot takes. Well, I just had to be careful here. <laughs> wow. That is true. <laughs> Most of us just come in and give our hot takes seconds before they're ready to be delivered. Yeah. Well, I, I'm usually coming up with mine when you, you know what is going. I'm, you know what I've gotten a lot of here via... <laughs> the uh, Twitter machine and the Facebook machine and a lot of preaching from people telling me how I should be an American. Here's how you're an American. Here's what makes an American. Here's why you don't, don't tell me how to be an American. It's our diversity that makes us American. Number one, 
It's our differences that make us American. It's okay to be different. It's okay. I, I can't tell you how many people got on me yesterday about this flag thing. So I had to tweet a photo of a flag that flies outside my house, and I fly it every single day of the year. Every day. You take it down at night? No, I don't. You just let it go? I let it go. It's right under my porch. It's fine. Don't, you know, and the people started sending me rules about how to fly the flag. Mm. I, I don't need your rules. I'm not, I'm no less American based on what rules there are about flag flying. I think those rules are like for military yeah. bases. And I'm no more American because I fly one and my neighbor doesn't. My neighbor's probably a better American than I am. He doesn't fly one. I do. I just, that's my right. That's, I choose to do it. Enough. I just want to watch a game. I just want to watch the game. Can I watch the game? Although last time we got to watch the game and it led to seven things HW was upset about. I think you could have had eight or nine. Paul on the text line. Vic and James, two of the best hot takes I've ever heard. HW, yours was okay, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You got the Vic Lombardi show. We're back after this. All right, let's read some of these texts. Always get some inflamed texts after our hot takes. Some days more than others. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, this is from 3629. Minorities peacefully protesting inequality are extremists now. Got it. Now, extremists who, (laughs) did I, did I say that in my hot take? Did I call them extremists? Extremists are people who make this an issue and don't watch the game for the game, who are now walking away from the game for whatever reasons. Walking away from the game. I'm an extremist. I need change. I'm going to use football as my platform. I'm an extremist. I I don't care what you want to call these people. I want to watch the game. That's all I want to do. I want to watch football. This is from John in Afghanistan. Manchester and Vic, the two best hot takes in the history of the show. Amen. Sorry, HW. From 6378, you stand up and you honor the flag and you you honor this country. I, I agree. I do. I always do. I'm just not as extreme about people who don't. That's it. And there, there's my definition of extremist. There it is right there. I honor the flag every single chance. Every, if there's an anthem to be played, I honor it. The extremists go nutso if people don't. I don't. I'm 100% with you. And, and there's my definition of an extremist. It's a personal if, choice? Exactly. Yeah. If I'm standing next to a good friend of mine, it doesn't even have to be a friend. It could be anybody. And I'm honoring the flag. And this person is not. What, do you want me to fight him? I'm just. What do you want me to do? You want me to stab him? What do you want? I'm not an extremist. I respectfully respect his rights to do whatever he or she pleases. I got mine. I'm going to stand. That's what I've always done. That's what I'll always do. That's an extremist. From um, uh, four six seven three. I certainly do not always like your takes, Vic, but I have to say that was good narrative there for the topic. 2611, great job, Vic James, 90% agree. 90%. It's the vocal minority that always grabs the headlines. That's from Justin. Uh, Greg in Highlands Ranch, did Manchester just complain about hyperbole guy? Hello, pot. Touche. <laughs> uh, but I think it's a little different being a hyperbole guy yeah. when we're talking about the quarterback of the Broncos and whether or not our country is a an embarrassment around the world. Yeah. Just be a good person, man. You know what I'm saying? It always goes back. Here's a great text. 
You're right, Vic. If you allow yourself to be defined by an external voice, then you'll never know who you are or have the courage to find out from Kevin. Be a good person. That's I don't care what your political persuasions are. If you're a good person, you're good with me. I don't care. I'll, I'll give you another example. And again, we're on this topic right now. Everybody assumes that your political persuasion defines what kind of person you are, right? And I think that's so wrong. If you're a Democrat, Republican, a left, conservative, a right, whatever, it, it defines who you are as a person. And I, I, I don't believe that. I, I, I never have. I never will. You can be of a certain political persuasion and still be a good person. You could be at opposite ends of the spectrum politically and be the same people, in my opinion. I'll give you an example. Most people don't think that the uh, NFL does enough right now. They don't do enough. That's why people are jumping on these platforms. They want to be heard. All right, so why are people kneeling? I understand why they're kneeling. They want to be heard. Social injustices, racism. You know, yesterday I uh, got a chance to sit down with Jameer Nelson, and he went off. We talked about this subject. He went off for a good three, four minutes on racism in this country and how this is the root cause of all this. And I just want to say something about the picture that's been cast on certain politicians or people who are persuaded a certain way. I'm going to a golf tournament today. I'm playing in the John Elway Invitational. Now I understand the outfit. Yeah, Makes sense. Yeah. The John Elway Invitational is played at Castle Pines every year. John Elway and Jack Vickers. Well, did you get an invite? I didn't get invited. Me either. What is the political persuasion of, of John Elway? Of most of the people that will play in this tournament. They're what do you, probably what think fairly what to do you think the right. And if they're anything like John, yeah, they yeah. lean that way. Okay. So this golf tournament, what do you think? Just guys just show up and start playing, and, and you know they throw their money around, and they wager and have fun and just drink a bunch of beer. And have... We wouldn't know. Okay. We've never been invited. This, this tournament for years has raised not thousands, millions of dollars. For the local Boys and Girls Club of Metro Denver. Okay? You talk about helping out with diversity and racial equality. You know who uses Boys and Girls Club. That is kids of every race, every creed, every walk of life. White, black, Mexican, everywhere. Trust me, I've worked with Boys and Girls Club for years. I, I get it. So the, the money raised in these tournaments, the raise today, it goes directly to the Boys and Girls Club. So don't tell me that they don't have something in their heart for racial equality. Don't tell me that. Otherwise, this money would go elsewhere. Otherwise, you'd use this tournament for something else. I, I just, again, be a good person. If you think you're contributing and doing something right, that's good enough for me. I don't care what your political persuasion is. You know better because you call yourself, well, I'm liberal, I'm going to give. You know better than the staunch conservative who may also give. Giving is personal, like faith is, in my opinion. I'll give where I want to give and to whom I want to give. I'm giving you an example where I'm going today where they've not only given, they give every year. And nobody talks about it. I just did. The problem with this issue is it's gotten muddy, right? Like, I was with Colin Kaepernick on his initial protest. He's taking a knee, and he was protesting um, inequality in terms of how police treat black people in this country versus white people in this country. That's a sum summarization. Is it my close? That seems like what the original point was. He lost me, though, when he comes out wearing pig socks. 
Or the Fidel Castro shirt. Or the Fidel Castro shirt. Mm -hmm. So when he does those things and now he loses people, Mm -hmm. you can't call the people who don't support him racist because he crossed the line, right? He wasn't just saying, hey, this is this is a problem we need. And he hurt his own cause, right? Because it took the conversation away from what his cause was. So that's where he lost me. But the, the vast majority of players I'm I'm with in this argument, but, I think most people are in terms of that issue. They may not agree with how they're going about it, but I think most people are in agreement that, hey, that's a problem and we should address again, it. I just laugh. I got a good buddy of mine, longtime friend, one of my best friends ever. We we share the same values, the same political beliefs. I mean, we, we get in a room with the door closed, we can talk, right? We are the same person. He says he's walking away from the NFL. No, he's not. That's I, I laughed at him. I laughed at his face. I laughed at his face. I said, you, see, you're an extremist now. That's what you're doing. You're doing the extreme. Just like these people who say the NFL doesn't, all oh, the NFL doesn't do enough for diversity. Are you kidding me? You're kidding me, right? What do you mean doesn't do enough? Again, I just gave you an example today where I'm going today, and they do that unannounced, and it's done all over the place. Unannounced, giving back. Don't have to tell people about it. We're just giving back because it's the right thing to do because we're good people. If you're a good person, you got me. That's all I need. Be a good person. Pretty simple rule. So you're you're getting at that there's more middle ground out there to be found from, from both sides. Is yes. That, am but, I hearing you yes, right? Yes, but the extremists from both sides are right. fanning the flames. And you know what? Donald Trump's an extremist. Well, the extremists, unfortunately, are the ones with the microphone. Yes. Donald Trump, in this case, is an extremist. In this situation, in this particular situation, this platform, what we're talking about. He is fanning flames that this you said it yourself, James. This was done. It was dead. It was over. The kneeling thing was over. Hadn't heard about it for two. The first I, two I, weeks I went of to the, the opening really. game at, at, at Mile High with that wonderful national anthem sung by that beautiful little girl from Broomfield High School, and I had chills. I had goosebumps. It was the best rendition I've heard in years. On the 16th anniversary, nobody of kneeled. Nobody did anything disrespectful. Blah blah blah. Everybody appreciated the moment. It was over until he opened his mouth. Yeah, if he doesn't go to Huntsville, Alabama on Friday it's night, over. no Broncos kneel on Sunday in Buffalo. That's what I'm talking about. Right. So he starts this, and now people complain again? Why are they kneeling? Why did 32 Broncos? This this crap with Von Miller and Phil Long Ford and all. I, I don't know what's right, what's wrong, what's fake news, what's real news. I mean, what? what? It's a made-up story. His his agreement with Phil Long Ford ended in March. They've been trying to work on a renewal. It's a, it's been six months since he's been their spokesperson, and it turned into Phil Long Ford dropped him because of his because he took a knee. Wasn't true. There was a story going around that the NFL has a rule that all players have to face the flag and put their hand over their heart, and if not, they're going to get suspended and fined. Not true. You know what? Maybe I'm sheltered because everybody keeps saying, "Oh, you you live in a sheltered world." Maybe I do because I went to a private Catholic school all my life where. We didn't have any restrictions. We we played the anthem. We addressed the flag. We did prayers. So this whole concept of, you know, there are rules and regulations, what you can and cannot do, this is all new to me when I left school. Until until I saw the public school system, That's and I respect that, too. I, I don't care. You, do what you want. You can pray without having to pray out loud. That's fine. You can pray without having to pray out loud in, in a room. But I'm just so done with the extremism in this country. I just want to watch a football game. And don't tell me you're going to boycott. You're lying. You know what? The Broncos have 22,000 season ticket holders. Not a single one of them has asked for a refund.
Guys, you're lying. You're bluffing. I patiently waited for three hours yesterday because we did a lot of nugget stuff, which was great. I've now patiently waited 45 minutes today because we went on this topic, which was important and was good. But it sort of seems like when Trevor plays bad, you don't want to talk about the Broncos, Vic. You're right. That is exactly what I've done. That's what it seems like. I've I mean, done 45 minutes of delay tactics. Are, are you, well, are, and the Rockies were worse last night than Trevor. Are you and Legwald going to break down like you know the traffic patterns on Colorado Boulevard for an hour or what? You do have an interesting point, and I wrote this on your guys' rundown, which I know you read about once a month. I read it this morning. I think the Broncos' Poor play was a little bit bailed out by everything else going on. No I don't doubt. think they are getting as killed as much as they should be because of everything else. That second half in Buffalo was atrocious. It, it was, was a, atrocious. It was an on-field, unmitigated disaster. It was? Led by their quarterback, who did exactly what I said he would do when he was put in a situation that wasn't perfect, and we've conveniently talked about everything other than that for two days. And your option is... I'm just wondering where all these Twitter people are. They blow me up as soon as he throws a touchdown against the Chargers to go up 7 nothing. Where you been? Hey, where's the 20% of my salary guy? Haven't heard from you in over a week. Where'd we go? Where'd we go, Trevor Backers? We'll hear from Vance Joseph. His thoughts on his quarterback. Next on the Vic Lombardi. Back to Vic Lombardi. Keep practicing, keep game planning, and... Uh, yesterday's third down, I'm sorry, red zone issues, first of all, you know, we had two false start penalties in the red zone, you know, which backed us up. You know, I mean, you lose five yards in the uh, red zone two different times, it definitely affects your chances of scoring touchdowns, you know, and we want to score touchdowns down there. You know, we were one for three, they were two out of three. So again, they won that part of the game, which led to more points than we had. And if you give up more points than you score, that's called a loss. So as soon as it went off schedule, uh, the Broncos couldn't function. Hmm. Seems like somebody's been saying that for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Hey, H.W., was Tyrod Taylor on schedule? He was 20 of 26. I wonder he, if the no-fly zone catches any of the blame for this, because we're going to have Keeb Tlaib on oh, in the show. Now it's, okay. Here I'm just go. wondering. No, no, let me, I got my pen out. Let's mm-hmm. start making a list of who's actually to blame. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it sounded like Vance blamed the O-line. Mm-hmm. Because they had some false starts. Well, we know who you're blaming. You're gonna blow, but we're gonna blame the no-fly zone, which they weren't good. Okay. But when Tyrod Taylor was pressured, he could make some plays and keep drives alive yeah. with his feet, and you know by throwing the ball down the field. But okay, uh, who are we gonna go? We're gonna go Emmanuel. He dropped one. In my order, this is who's to blame for that loss. Okay, in if, my order. If you're, you're ready if for you my order, if you don't have the right guy at number one, this is all of Trevor Simeon number ahead. one. Hey, no-fly zone number two, and that's a close number two. That is almost a number one in my book. I Very think close. that's actually fair. And that's it. What that's, about the refs? Eh. I always blame refs, so I'm the wrong guy to ask about What about that. Vaughn? What about Emmanuel? Again, those are plays that you never know if they go one way or the other. Let's say the Emmanuel play stands. Will they indeed score a touchdown off of that? What will happen? We don't know the results of that. If the Bills have to punt up 23-16, does Trevor leave the Broncos to a 95-yard we, we, touchdown We don't know. Drive? We don't know the answers. Do you know what his stats were on their one touchdown drive of the game? What's that? One for one for seven yards. And what are Derek Carr's stats against the Redskins? 
Would you rather have Derek Carr or Trevor Simeon? Derek Carr. Okay. I'm just I'm just curious though because Derek Carr is a more veteran, more okay. experienced quarterback. Well, you know so he also had a bad game. We don't spend three hours every day breaking down Derek Carr. Yeah, but you keep saying and, this. And I Derek, can I, for every Trevor Simeon bad game, I'll give you another more experienced veteran quarterback who also had a bad did game. Did Derek Carr go out on Sunday night and show the flaws that you've been pointing out for months? Derek Carr in that offense was held in 95 yards of offense. Okay, I'm just asking. Derek Carr yards. go out and do exactly what you said he would do. That the fact that he was only good when it was perfect and it was on schedule is unsustainable. Is that what Derek Carr did? Because I don't think so. Did Derek Carr get an all expenses meal paid for him by somebody else at this restaurant in Cherry Creek on Friday night? Nope. No, he didn't. He did not. That's right. He Let, did not. Let's go to the hotline. Got somebody that wants to talk to us. Um, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff's on the on the hotline here with uh, Vic Manchester and HW. You got the Vic Lombardi show. What's up, Jeff? How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How you doing? What you got? Hey, uh, you know, I grew up here in Denver. Uh, as a kid, I I always said I I bled orange and blue. Then I went in the Marine Corps, and I I truly did bleed, but it was for the red, white, and blue. Um, as a Broncos fan, I'm kind of as with a lot of people upset with what's going on, but. I'm not going to give up my season tickets. Mm-hmm. My idea, what I'd like to suggest Broncos Nation does, for the first series, doesn't matter, Broncos ball, Raiders ball, let's just turn our backs on them. Complete silence in that stadium. Why? First series. Why? Yeah. You know, the fans The fans should have a voice, right? We're sitting here looking at 53 players kneel. Don't go. You, you, your voice is, is, hey, Jeff, your voice is not to go. You just said you're a season ticket holder. Don't go. No, I'm with Jeff, though. His voice no, shouldn't no, have no, to no, be, no. He, he, he burns the tickets in, or he Why? loses I money. Paid. That shouldn't have I to be his voice. Money. Now, next year on the renewal, I may not go, okay. but I've paid my money. They're not giving me my money back. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to go. This is my voice. My mm-hmm. voice is to choose to be silent and turn my back on the team for one series. All right. Then I'm going to turn around, and I am going to cheer like crazy. Okay. No, no, you, you, all right. Let me ask you this, though. You're, you have a problem with how they're, send, how they're sending this message. You have a problem with the platform they're using. You have a problem with the anthem and the flag, correct? Absolutely. So if they chose another way to send the message, you would have no issues whatsoever. Do what you want. If for, for example, for example, and this is my idea, too, rather than protest the anthem or the flag, how about mm-hmm. show up to the game by not pulling up your socks? And, and hear me out on this. The NFL okay. goes crazy with these mm-hmm. these uniforms and uniform code. Mm-hmm. They actually have people policing the sidelines, assessing fines to each player if their uniform is not up to code. So if messages want to be sent, how about an entire team playing an entire game with their socks down to their ankles? And refuse to pay the fine. Well, you can't refuse. That's the problem. Now, here's, the, here's part two of my question. Jeff, Jeff. If the player's going to do that to send the message and they're going to get fined, would you help pay for part of that fine? No, I don't make $5 million a year. Okay, I'm, let, let me, let, I'm just want to know how far this will go, though. I just want to know how far you'll take it. If you, I, Sure, if, if I can respond. I'm saying one series, and, and you know, that would be great. I'll, I'll tell you what, if the Broncos, no Broncos take a knee, I won't turn my back. Okay. And I'm, and I'm, I'm going to sing the national anthem. I'm going to be, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at the game. I'm going to sing the national anthem. I'm going to look at that sidelines. And after that first series, after we take a knee because the kickoffs through the end zone, after they take another knee, uh, that first series, if anybody knelt, I will turn my back, and I hope the rest of Broncos Nation does as well. For one series. Sure, Jeff. Listen, it's a great call, and this is where I want to, I, I want to hear and I want to share with you because I think. 
the message you're trying to send back to them is a good one and a hearty one, but I don't think you understand the message they're trying to send to you and everyone else involved. They just want to be heard. I, I know Brandon Marshall, who knelt last year for the Broncos, and knelt just over the weekend. Among He was among the 32. I know Brandon Marshall personally. I know him. I'm not going to call him a friend. I wouldn't go that far, but I know what he's trying to get out of this. I totally understand. I know his heart. And, and just as I, said, as I said in my rant to begin the show, I know that he's a good person. He's a good person. Now, I don't agree with his tactics, but he's a good person at heart. So, when you turn your back, are you turning your back on him? What are you turning your back on exactly? I'm turning my back on the idea that these individuals can choose to take a knee during the national anthem. Like you said, they have they have all the platforms in the world. They can they can stand in front of the media and talk about you know, the injustices, and, and there's work to do, there's no question. But <clears throat> to choose to do it at that time, during our national anthem, something that represents a lot a lot more to somebody like myself who served in the Marine Corps, is appalling, would be the best word well, in my mind. And my, my response, and again, I, I don't agree necessarily at all with the kneeling. I, I think it's a form of extremism. But maybe that's their only way they can get your attention. Because okay, they I, have your ear. They have every radio station's ear. They have every TV station's ear. We, the fans, have nothing. We have no way of sending a message. Well, sure you do. You don't go to the game. Your your message is pretty simple. You just don't you don't yeah, imbibe. But, but hang on a second, Jeff. Uh, Vic, I I think that's a it's the same argument people made to me for years when it came to the Rockies when I was upset with how the Monforts. Sure. Spent money. Well, don't go to the games. It's like, why am I going to deprive myself of the enjoyment of taking my three little kids to a baseball game so I can make some sort of point to people that don't care about it? I think Jeff's thing is a better example. I'm okay, not sure so I Jeff, with him, but here's but he, he, Jeff. He, so if I'm at the game with you and I decide not to turn my back, am I less American than you are? No, God bless America. Okay, you that's that all right. I'm saying. That that's choice. I you could do whatever I want. Because of those of us who serve. Okay, I can okay. do whatever I, I. I have friends that's in my family. True. I have family members who serve too. You're no more. You're no more American than they are. I can tell you that much. That, or or you exactly. I'm not any more American than you. Exactly. All I'm saying is I choose because I can choose make my own choice. I choose to turn my back for one series if a Bronco kneels. That's all. And I respect it. One series, and then I'm going to turn around and be the best fan I can be. I totally respect what you want to do. But, you again, the fact that you respect that I wouldn't want to do that and I think it's silly, great. We agree. Excellent. Yeah, we do. Thanks, Jeff. I love the show. I appreciate the time. I appreciate it, too, Jeff. See, that's a reasonable debate. I think if that's the response he wants to uh, put forth, I think it's fine. I think it makes some sense, and I think it's a way for him to voice his displeasure without having to just take away something that he still wants to do. Like, to say, hey, give up your, your Bronco season mm-hmm. tickets. Really, you've had these yeah. rights for 40 years, you're going to give them up on this? I mean, maybe you don't feel that extreme yeah. about it, but you still want to you voice know, my, your my, prob- my problem with this whole thing is I know the players personally. Like, my brother yesterday, I got into this with my brother, and he keeps texting me. My brother's on Jeff's side. My brother totally agrees with Jeff on this. He's anti-player in this situation. My brother says, you want the, you keep wanting the you want the the fans to give up money. How about the the players? Why don't the players give up their money? Well, Brandon Marshall did give up a lot of money last year. He did. He Colin lost an Kaepernick's endorsement. Given up a ton he of. He gave money. up his career. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick gave up his career. So I, I think pretending like they're not giving up money is maybe a hair unfair. How about this notion? If you really want to help, join a police force. I I got that one from a relative. 
if these players really want to make a difference rather than yell and do all this stuff and kneel, go join the police. Give up your job. Join a police force. Be active right away. Run for office. Mm. What about that one? Okay, but is every person screaming on Facebook and on Twitter and on the radio going to join the police force too? I, I'm is, just telling is everyone you what going to join me. the military who's all anti protesters? Did they go enlist today? I mean, come on. We're taking it to extreme. It, it's, it's, it's different. I, guys, and this is where I, it's hard for me to do this radio show. I had a long, deep exchange with Brandon Marshall. I'm going to tell you guys right now, Saturday before the game, after all this was going down, I was talking to him. And I know the guy so well, and I know what his heart says, and I know what, what kind of guy he is, and I know his intent, too. Do I agree with the way he's getting his message across necessarily? No, but I know his intent. That's why I can't turn my back to a guy like that. I would not turn my back to a guy like that. No way. Never. He's too good a guy. He's too good a man. He's the kind of guy I'd, I'd want to call a friend for the rest of my life, to be honest with you. So I get it. He wants his message heard. A lot of them just want the message heard. And in that, they won. They got it heard. No, I would agree with that. And the other part of this argument I don't like is when people call them spoiled millionaires. Most of these guys, and I hate to generalize, but most of these guys are one generation removed from people that they're trying to protect, right? Look at first episode of Hard Knocks. When Jameis Winston back went back to his hometown, right? So he's not that far removed from people who don't have millions of dollars and who don't have some of the protections that they're trying to to ensure. So to say, well, you made it, you got out of that neighborhood, you're now making a lot of money, you shouldn't worry about the people that are from your neighborhood or from your your family and your friends. I think is such a crappy argument. It's ridiculous. Well, love to get your thoughts. If anybody else wants to call in, Jeff, appreciate the phone call. Jeff derailed we, my Trevor conversation. Je- well, yeah. Thank God you called, Jeff. Jeff Gee, generated about God. 25 texts, and I'd say about half are pro-Jeff and half are anti-Jeff. 303-753-0950. 303-753-0950. If you have anything you want to say about Jeff's comments, what he said, he, he suggests the fans turning their backs for the first series of the game. What if there's like a really nice throw down the field? What if Trevor throws down the field? Well, no chance of that. I mean, what if he does? What are, he, he, all you're going to miss is check what? down, check down, what? check down, punt. What th- hey, man, the Bills <laughs> on one series scored in three plays Sunday. The Broncos scored in three plays, too. Three it plays? What if you missed that? Two long runs, two 15-yard penalties, and a check down. Top of the hour, you got the Vic Lombardi Show. Altitude 950 wants to send you to Vegas to see the Avs take on the Golden Knights every weekday now between uh, here and October 13th. We're giving away a chance to get into the grand prize drawing. Listen for a Vegas-themed movie clip. All right? A Vegas-themed movie clip during any of Altitude 950's live shows and be the third caller. You'll be in the mix for the trip for two to see the Avs and Golden Knights on October 27th. So join the Avs in Vegas with the help of Altitude 950. You get to hang out with Moj. I mean, that's a pretty sweet part of the deal. Is that deal. a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, that's a good thing. Moj in Vegas? Can they take the Vegas trip and pass on the Moj part? <laughs> kidding. I love him. I would go to uh, Vegas with Moj anytime. It's a Friday yeah. night game. It's actually a Friday afternoon game, but it's a Friday game in Vegas. The Avs and the Golden Knights. All you got to do 
be the third caller. They do. Our, our phone lines are hot all of a sudden. 30933 is our text line. Our phone number, 303-753-0950. That's 303-753-0950. Let's go to Joshua. Joshua, uh, you're on the Vic Lombardi Show. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Very you good, guys. thanks. Very very good. What are your thoughts after what you heard from the uh, previous segment, Jeff's uh, comments? So I definitely understand where Jeff's coming from. Like, I'm a veteran myself, served in the Army, and I was deployed. And I know friends of mine who, you know, died while I was deployed. But at the same time, while I feel that it's disrespectful to kneel on the flag or any of the things that people do with the flag, when I signed up for the military, I signed up to support our Constitution, and that includes the First Amendment right for someone to um, make a peaceful protest. And that means that I have to support their right to kneel during the National Anthem, which ironically is also something that the Department of Defense paid for NFL players to be out there for, you know, basically 10 years ago. So, you know, I personally don't like what they're doing, but I also understand that it is their right, and it's something that I defended that right. I just didn't defend rights that I appreciate and approve of. I defended one's rights. Josh, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you very much. And I think what you're what you're saying in, uh, in not so many terms is, listen, you can't pick and choose which protest you agree with, right? I mean, a protest is a protest. Just because you don't agree with a protest doesn't make it less of a protest. You fought for this country for the right to protest, no matter what it is. Well, and it's and the quote gets attributed to a lot of different people, but it's usually attributed to Voltaire. It's the uh, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. There you go. And I like what Josh said too that what these guys are doing is actually American because they are doing something that a lot of countries you can't do that in America they have the listen, right man, to do. Listen, if I had a chance to protest things, you wouldn't trust me. You would not approve of some of my protest. I I'd be out there today on the streets protesting cold weather in Denver, Colorado. I'd be protesting the snow. If it snowed, I'd be protesting. Mm. You may disagree with that. See how that works out for you. You know how I am. I don't like it. I don't like anything about it. I'd be protesting traffic on Colorado Boulevard right now. That one is worthwhile. I'd be protesting transplants taking my streets. Okay. I'd be, I'd be protest. I tell you what, I am going to protest. Transplants listen to the radio too, Vic. Sorry, That's right. I'd be, I'd be protesting these people that call North Denver the Highlands. Whoever they are, that one really does get under your. Skin. I should be. That's what I should have signs up for that today. See what I'm getting at. What is important to you may not be important to another. You can't pick and choose which protests are more important. You can't. Well, and here's the part of here's the thing. I think we've all kind of we have more lost, people on the hotline here. So. Lost the ability to do. Take a second and imagine what the person on the other side is thinking. Right. So if you if you're anti the guys kneeling, just take a second and think. Well, why are they kneeling? Yeah. And what, what is put your put yourself in the shoes of Brandon Marshall correct. specifically because he's a Bronco. Correct. Put yourself in his shoes. But on the other side of the equation, I think this goes to you and yeah. me and probably HW. Yeah. I don't want to speak for him, but. Uh, I, I look at these guys burning their terrible towels on the internet, and I, I think idiots. I that's but, I think they're idiots. But if we're going to take our own advice, yeah. we have to step back and go. All right, let me put their, myself in their shoes. For I a did, and try and figure out what they're thinking and I why did. they're mad. I about. did, I did, and I and, and I saw this guy from Washington. This was on one of the social media. I think it was Facebook. He was he was burning all of his Washington Redskins gear, all that gear. So he burns it for this. But when that whole the Redskin the nickname when all that thing was happening. That wasn't worthy of burning his gear. So you I, pick and choose I why agree. you burn your gear. But right? I can I can definitely understand why people are upset 
about players taking a knee or staying in the locker room for the national okay. anthem. I get it. All right, let's go back to the hotline. Diane, you're on the Vic Lombardi Show. How are you, Diane? It's Jared? I'm sorry. Jared, you're on the Vic Lombardi Show. How are you? Hey, how are you? Good, thank you. So, I, I just want to talk like, like about the whole... It, it's it's in a, about the extremists. It's essentially... It's an in-group-out out, in group. Out group. Yeah. You're either with us or you're against us. And that's how it is with everything from QGBTLIA to literally this kneeling during the national anthem. Now, I've, I'll be the first one to say I'm completely against it. I think there's a way you can do it. I thought LeBron James, for what I think of him as a player, I thought the way he handled it yesterday was phenomenal mm-hmm. with his interview on SportsCenter. I thought he did it perfectly. Yeah. Are you okay? But, just just curious, because I, I agree with a lot of what LeBron said and did. I, I do have a problem with him calling the president a bum. I don't well, care if yeah, you disagree. I, if you disagree with the president, and I do, I thought what he said the other day was ridiculous. You don't fix that by calling him a bum. We called him a petulant child on this show I, yesterday. I, that's fine. I, What's the difference? He, he acted like a petulant child. LeBron James goes public and calls the president a bum. It's just one thing after another, back and forth. One extremist in the other, that's all. I mean, at some point... I, you got to fix it, right? Name yeah, calling doesn't fix it. But but is it going to take a whole other civil war for this to be fixed? I think that's an absolute extreme that doesn't need to be even theorized. But that's where we're running to at this point. Let me ask you a question. And I love the call, Jared. You know what would fix this? Not fix it. Not fix it. Because I, th- I don't think anything easy fixes it. There's no easy fix here. You know what would aid in the recovery of this raging debate? What if... The President of the United States invited Colin Kaepernick to the White House, and they just had a nice little man talk, the two of them. And everybody knew he was going, and everybody knew this was happening, and they decided to just sort this out. What's so wrong about that? What about those two adults talking in the White House? Well, I I also think you get the people who are going to be like, oh, it's a publicity stunt that Trump's just trying to pull, and it just goes back to the you're either with us, you're against us group. But I mean, why would that be a publicity stunt? I, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, if I'm Colin Kaepernick, right, and you're trying to get a message across, well, you've got now the audience of the president. I mean, how many people have the opportunity to visit with the, the leader of the world at that point? You have an audience in the White House. If you're the president and you've been saying things that, listen, any leader of office that uses those terms he used on Friday is ridiculous. This is maybe a chance for you to fix some of that. All right? Maybe a chance to band-aid what you did. Visit with Colin Kaepernick, who you deem unacceptable for whatever reason. I think those two meeting together in the White House, I, I'm sorry, guys. Whether they agree or disagree, I think that would go a long way to fixing the situation. Jared, thanks for the phone call. Let's go to Carlos. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Carlos, you're on the Vic Lombardi Show. How are you? How you doing today, fellas? Very good, thanks. Do- Dr. Vic, I'm having a problem with this. Um, this thing's tearing me up inside. Uh, football, I love football. I come from a single-parent uh, family, and football kind of instilled a lot of discipline and everything into my life. But I also have family members who served in this country, and I've heard some of the stories they've told me. You know, there's a different platform for this. Mm-hmm. I'm Hispanic, and I understand what these players are talking about because I've had incidents happen to me before in the past. But all too often... I'll be honest with you, minorities tend to use uh, racism as a crutch sometimes. Mm-hmm. Anytime people don't get their way, the first thing that comes out is it's, it's racial. It yeah. has to be racial all the time. And frankly, I'm sick of it. 
I'm a man. Uh, I put God, country, family, or God, family, country. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. And I'm having a hard time with this. Like I said, I voted for this president for my own specific reasons. But I also believe he does need to stay off of Twitter because mm-hmm. of problems like this. I don't get how this could bring anybody together because I have a hard time with these players kneeling for the anthem, but I understand where they're coming from. And you're talking about maybe how come these players don't do something. They want to get their word out. These are multimillionaires. These, a lot of these players come from low income areas, also won the genetic lottery as well, especially Mm -hmm. basketball players. Not everybody. There's not too many people out here in the world who are six, eight, six, nine, have real jobs and warehouses. To me, why don't they – they had the Million Man March back in the 90s. Why don't these athletes put their money in their mouths together and have a big rally bringing something to this in the off-seasons? Mm-hmm. You know, here's the problem, Carlos, and I appreciate your message. That was very well said. Very well said. And stay on the line, please. Here's the problem. Yes. It's just like all of us, the athletes, right? A lot of them talk the talk, and a lot of them don't walk the walk. Brandon Marshall does both. I'm telling you right now, he does both. The money you talk about spending, he's spending it. He's doing it. But there are a lot of his colleagues in the game who just want to do it to be seen. And that's the problem. Just like guys that don't play sports out there. They just want to be seen. They want to do it for show. They're not really making a difference, but they're doing it for show. It's all a show for them. That's the problem, There's a lot of Carlos. that in society right now. Exactly. Dr. I mean, not even just in, in athletics. I mean, a lot of people say that they talk the talk, but then nobody ever backs the word. And, you know, one of the few things that my father wasn't around too long in my life, but one of the things he did tell me is your word is your bond. That's the only thing you come into this world with is your word. Well, no matter your circumstance or where you were born or how you were raised, your word is your word. And nobody really keeps their word anymore. No. No, I mean... God, this is probably the best call we've ever gotten on this show because I really agree with everything you're saying. And you're not an extremist. You're you're basically doing common sense stuff. And people use everything as a crutch. It's not just racism as a crutch. It's everything. Every people. Yeah, you know, listen. We talk about white privilege. We talk about racism. We talk about this and that. I don't. You know what? I'm with you, Carlos. I was born into that game. I started playing football when I was five years old. When my family moved to North Denver, I didn't even speak English. Football was my life. It acclimated me to this culture. It acclimated me to this country. It means too much to me. I hate seeing this game ruined by a bunch of misfits and people arguing from an extreme point of view. It bothers the hell out of me. And when I hear people say they're going to walk away from the game, turn their back on the game, that hurts me. The game did nothing to you. The game's pure. See, some, of the pro- some of the problem that we have in this country is you could disagree with somebody, but the problem is now, now too often nowadays, it seems like when you disagree with them, then you obviously have to have hate or you have to obviously be against everything they stand for. Look, there are people uh, who I, again, I've, who I voted for. There are people that disagree who I voted for, and I disagree with what they believe in, some of them politically. But it doesn't mean that I hate them. I may not like what they do or what they say, and they may not like what I do or what they say, but at the end of the day, we're still friends. We're still family. And, and you look around, whether you're white, you're black, you're Hispanic, you're Asian, we are countrymen. I have read the Constitution, and nowhere does it say anything about just white privilege or anything about a specific race. This is all men are created equal in the eye of their creator. And too often that is forgotten amongst all of us. America, we are all together in this. I know the country's uh, colors are red, white, and blue, but when I look out on the streets every day, and I'm a delivery driver, I see brown, I see white, I see black. And when you work and when you bleed and when you sweat with somebody, that's how real 
relationships are made. And people forget that all too often. Carlos, well said, my friend. Thanks for listening to the show. Thank you got you. Altitude 950, Akib Talib, up next on the Vic Lombardi Show. We do it every Tuesday on the show. Happy to have Akib Talib join us every Tuesday, 815, here on Altitude 950. Akib, how are you, my friend? I'm good. What's going on? Well, we just spent the last 45 minutes talking about uh, the anthem, the flag, kneeling, you know, what we do on sports shows every day. We don't talk football anymore, unfortunately, on this show. We haven't for the last couple of days. So l- let's just start there, Akib. Your decision uh, to join your teammates, 32 of them kneeling on uh, on Sunday, when did you guys make that decision? Did you talk about it Saturday night? Yes, uh, by Saturday night, we uh, a couple of the guys uh, got together and... Uh, that's what we decided to do. You know, my theory is, Keeb, that that whole controversy, it was all but gone, man. I you know, I was there for the first game, man. It was beautiful. The, the national anthem, everybody was standing, everybody was fine. It was all done until the president opened his mouth Friday night and said something that he wasn't supposed to say. And I, I immediately tweeted when he said that. I said, just watch. He just fanned the flames. Your kneeling and your, your teammates doing what they – that's a result of what the president said, was it not? Yeah, I think it was, man. It was. It had a lot to do with what the president said. Uh, it was just us trying to show that, man, we in this together, man, that uh, we're still trying to bring awareness to the situation. And uh, him just saying that, it just, it just, I guess it fueled the fueled the flame, man. I, we, it was a lot of guys texting each other. Richard Sherman was texting my phone, man. It was got some other teams texting each other, yeah. and, and it just started a big uproar around the league. Well, it's just a classic example is, you know, we're, we're, we're brothers, we're a family, you don't mess with us, and, and this is how you respond. So where do you go from here, Akeem? Now, what happens in the next game, in the game after that? Uh, I, I think, me personally, I think it was just a, a one-time deal, man. He said what he said, so so a bunch of guys in the league just wanted to show that, man, we all in this together, so somebody going to get fired, we all going to get fired. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it kind of was a one-time deal, man, uh, a lot of guys believe different things about the flag, man. A lot of guys believe the national anthem stands for whatever they want, you know. So sure. I don't think I don't think it's going to go on every every week, man. Some guys still going to do do what they've been doing, and then some guys going to stand. So uh, I don't think it'll be as big as it was last Sunday. You know, Derek Wolf said it best. He he he's going to stand. He's always going to stand in honor, but it doesn't mean he's any less of a teammate. He's he's your brother. And when you guys are in that locker room and on that field together, you work for each other, you play for each other. It doesn't change the way you play the game. Definitely, man. We are we always brought up different, man. We are we are only could only could view the world as how we saw it growing up, you know. So we always brought up different, man, and that was, that's what makes us so special, man. We come, we're a band of brothers. We know we all totally different, but we got one thing in common. We got a few things in common, man, in that locker room. So whether you stand, whether you sit, whether you kneel, lock arms, man, that's irrelevant, man. We all still brothers in that locker room and uh, just got different opinion, man. We entitled to that. Hey, Keep, were you surprised by how quickly NFL owners and NFL teams defended your actions and basically went back at the president the way they did, issuing statements. We saw Jerry Jones kneeling with the Cowboys last night. And this is stuff I never thought I'd see a couple weeks ago. Man, I, I really wasn't surprised, man. Just uh the the comment by the president, man, he like he really kinda took a crap on the players, man. Just called them SOBs and mm-hmm. 
be happy just to be happy, be able to get some money and, and like, basically told her just shut up and play. Like, I don't know. So I, was, I really wasn't surprised, man. Uh, the owners, man, we they, they know us. They know us as close as, close as uh, like, our families, you know, man. They've been around a lot of these guys for years. So they, like, really know guys, man. Like, like. Our owners, man, they they've been around Vaughn for years, so they they really know Vaughn, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So like Jerry Jones, he's been around Des Bryant for years, so he really knows Des Bryant. So man, just to be called out your name like that, man, I, I, I expected the owners to, to back the players. Keevan, that's what I've been telling people all morning. See, I know Brandon Marshall. I know him personally. I know he's a good man with great intent. I know what he's trying to do. I know he's not a bad human being. So for me, caught up in this mess, I see both sides. I value the flag. I cherish the anthem. But I also understand what a guy like Brandon Marshall is trying to do. That's why it's tough for me. And that's why it's got to be tough for you guys. You don't want to get involved in this. You just want to play football. Right, exactly, man. I, I cherish the flag, man. I love our troops, man. I, I love what our troops do for us, man. Uh, we have a problem with North Korea right now, man. And then uh, I, I expect our troops to, to, to go to war for us again if we had to. You know, I, I don't expect those guys to say, well, they, the world, everybody taking a knee, and so so they're going to take a knee. When it's time to go to war, our troops going to take a knee, not go to war for us. So, yeah. man, I respect everything those guys do, man. I respect the police, man. Uh, police got me out of a bunch of situations, man. So, I mean, I respect the 95% of the police who's good. I respect the heck out of those guys, man. And I respect the, the the Army, the Navy, the Navy SEALs. So that's why I stand and I salute the flag, man, because we're a free country. I'm able to get on airplanes and buy cars and, and, and buy my son every toy he wants, man. So And I could do that because because the troops went to war for us and made us a free country. Okay. You know, so that's why I stand up and I salute the flag, man. So. It's just it's just mixed feelings. So, but then on a, I look at it the other way when uh, when my brothers when my brothers is going to stand for something, man, I'm gonna ride with my brothers, mm. right or wrong, or or indifferent, or no matter what, I'm gonna ride with my brothers, no matter what. And I get that, I really do. All right, keep to leave. Let's talk football. What happened in Buffalo? Why was that quarterback so successful running the scheme that we saw in Denver under Rick Dennison, running it against, is it something Rick Dennison knew about your defense that they found? What, what happened? Uh, I don't even, I don't even think it was that. It was just, they just caught us in a few play in a few zones. When they ran the bootlegs, they caught us in a few zones. One time we was in man, maybe two times we was in man. And, uh, just caught us in a few zones. It yeah. was only like maybe like four four big plays, really. Uh, you take those out, man. Our, we we started we started on the plus side of the field a lot, and we made some big stops, man. We held them to field goals. We backed them up. We made them punt one time. No, it was just a few. It's like four big plays that we gave up at untimely times, and uh, that four plays, four or five plays that we wish we could have had back. So I'm watching you guys, and I know exactly about the zones you're playing, and you know you're handing guys off. I, and correct me if I'm, I feel like you guys are almost playing too much zone. I wish you went back to play a little more man, make you what you are. Uh, we, some of the times we was in man, some of the two of the two of the big two of the big boot passes mm-hmm. we were in man. So, I mean, you could you could say we should play more man, or some people say, well, we we should wish we was in zone on that one. It's just <laughs> it's, it's it's easy to say after the fact, you know. But uh, we played we played our fair share of man in that game. It just seemed like the the couple times where we was expecting a run, and we called some run stopping zones. It was a boot, and uh, 
some guys get sucked up or your bad eyes or whatever the case was, and they, they hit maybe like four big passes on us that we wish we could have back. Well, those road games in September are always tough. I don't care who you are, especially your first road game. Why why is it such a big adjustment when you go on the road after playing two at home? And I was fearful of this game for that reason. Why is that harder to understand until you play in the game itself? Man, this is it's football is a game of momentum, man. It's a it's, it's a, on the road. You just you, you barely can make mistakes, and you have to capitalize on all on all the mistakes that the other team makes. So it's just that momentum factor, man, and. Uh, we could on the road, just this past game, we could never just kind of get a good grasp of the game. We was always right there. We got it a little bit, then we'd lose it. We'd have it a little bit, then we'd lose it. But on the road, man, you got to get that grasp of the game. You got to capitalize on all the other team mistakes, and you can and you can make you got to make few mistakes yourself. Keep, can you please explain to us what was going through your head when you saw that unsportsmanlike flag on Vaughn? Because we got a great vantage point watching on TV, man. It looked like a fun little game. He's playing with Tyrod Taylor. They're both smiling. All of a sudden, 15 yards of game changes. Did anybody say anything right. to the ref? Was anybody talking to the ref about why he threw that flag? I mean, it was It was after the fact. It was too late then. It wasn't nothing to say. So, uh, man, we feel like, man, I, I don't know, man. I guess it, it, you could call it unsportsmanlike conduct, maybe in the first quarter, maybe in the second quarter. But man, when you, I don't think you determine a game. You don't determine a game like that. Hell no. Uh, late in the late in, late in the fourth quarter and down seven, fifteen down seven, late in the fourth quarter, they get, finna get the ball back right now. It's like this, and you throw a flag for for that right there. I mean, that's like that's like determining the game, man. That's a referee determining the game where. You should let us determine the game. We're sure. the ones out here playing. We're the ones who, who all the fans came to see. So let us determine the outcome of the game. So uh, I, I I didn't really get it. I didn't really see what happened at the initially in the game. I saw the like I saw the replays after the game, but uh, I would like to see the the teams really determine the outcome of the game. Well, it was silly. And my problem, keep is this, and I've and I've said this time and time again. You make a mistake on the field. Guess what? Akeem Talib talks to the media after the game. Coach makes a mistake. Coach talks to the media. You know who doesn't talk to the media? The ref. That was a bad flag. It was a bad flag, and yet they're not held accountable for it, and it bothers me. I don't know if it bothers you. It bothers me. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, it's, it's a done deal now, man. So that probably was Vaughn last time doing it too slow. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys give him anything for that? Because, he hey, he took accountability after the game. He said, I shouldn't have done it. I killed us. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, he know he shouldn't have done it. I mean, then you look at it the other way, man. He done done it eight to ten times this season, and nothing never happened. So <laughs> it wasn't like he he was thinking he, he was going to get a flag for it, man. So man, we understand, man. We uh we 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 went out there. We played a good game on the road, man. Uh, we learned from it, man. We didn't expect to win sixteen games this season anyway. So man, we went out there. We got a good lesson. Lesson from our loss, and uh, we'd be better this week. All right, Raiders week. Does, does the fact you're playing the Raiders, does it get the blood going a little more? The fact that the Raiders are the Raiders again, they bring an offense. I mean, they look like crap against Washington, but it's still the Raiders. You get excited about this game? Definitely, man. Uh, we know this is a huge game for us. It's a division opponent. Uh, it's a home game. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's like the end of the first quarter of our season, you know, so – it's a huge game for us, man. We know we know that uh, Oakland is definitely not a pushover. 
I don't care how they looked against Washington, man. They're nothing close to a pushover. Got a good defense, good offense, good special teams, man. They're one of the best teams in the league. So uh, our preparation has to be second to none, and I think I think it, we won't have a problem having that edge this week. I think we was kind of lacking that edge going to Buffalo, and uh, that played a big part on, on our on how we couldn't grab that momentum. But I think uh, we won't we won't have a problem uh, having that edge this week with Oakland coming to town. All right, last question, Keeb. A Keeb to Leeb show every Tuesday, eight fifteen here on Altitude nine fifty. If any of those Raider receivers show up wearing a chain, will you yank the chain? <laughs> nah, I'm cool, man. I'm just, Come on, man. Play some good football, Vic. <laughs> Go get that chain, man. Uh, Vic, I'm just out here trying to play some good football, man. I ain't, I ain't worried about no chains, man. Well, I am. You can't have them wearing a chain on your field. That's that's disrespectful. <laughs> Best of luck to you, my man. I know you're having fun with it. Best of luck. Have a good week. I appreciate your thoughts. I appreciate you being open with us. And we'll see you in the locker room later on Wednesday. Take care, Akib. All right. All right. That is Akib Tlaib every Tuesday. (laughs) That would be funny. I mean, if I'm a Raider receiver, think about this for a second. I'm a Raider receiver, and you know what happened last year. Mm -hmm. I would purposely wear chains to this game. Indeed. I would. Indeed. It'd probably be a good way to... Work your way toward a 15-yard penalty in your favor. Oh, God. I forgot all about that till the end. <laughs> that was in the finale last year, right? The January 1 yeah, meaningless game. Yeah, that was Crabtree. Crabtree, <laughs> he just yanked that thing and just tore it off. Well, and he had the two best sound bites last year, right? When he's talking about oh, Harry Douglas, man. he was going to go to Atlanta. Yeah. And then Crabtree, that change was just bothering me. I love some, talking to Keeb. He had some pretty good sound bites in that interview. Yeah. I really do. I look forward to every season. If he wear that chain in front of me, I'm going to snatch it off. Damn straight. He's not telling us, but you know who he is. You know he's taking chains. Taking chains and taking games. Akeem Tlaib right here on the Vic Lombardi Show. Kneeling mm-hmm. and your your teammates doing what they... That's a result of what the president said, was it not? Yeah, I think it was, man. It was. It had a lot to do with what the president said. Uh, it was just us trying to show that, man. We in this together, man, that... Uh, we're still trying to bring awareness to the situation, and uh, him just saying that it just, it just, I guess it fueled the fueled the flame, man. I, we, it was a lot of guys texting each other. Richard Sherman was texting my phone, man. It was got some other teams texting each other, yeah. and, and it just started a big uproar around the league. I saw that coming. Told everybody on Friday, the president's comments is going to fuel the fire. All. <laughs> It was done. It was gone. It was not an issue anymore. Kaepernick's out of the league. Nobody's kneeling. Nobody's disrespecting anything. It was over until he said what he said. And now it's back with a vengeance. You got the Vic Lombardi show. That was a key to leave. Man, he was good. If you missed that interview, we'll have it up on SoundCloud very soon. It'll be on our website, Altitude950.com, or our Twitter site, Altitude950. Also, we played this afternoon with uh, Harris and Kreckman. Let's go back to the hotline. We've had a few phone calls. I think we've broken a record for phone calls today. I think we have. Good to hear. Three oh three. Played the Vegas clip. No. Three oh three seven five three zero nine fifty. Remember, if you hear that Vegas clip, it's a chance for you to earn a trip to Las Vegas to join the Avs as they take on the Golden Knights. We play a clip from a Hollywood movie with the featuring Vegas Las theme. Vegas, and there's an optional. We're now making it optional. Time of hanging out with Mark Mosier. Whoa. That's optional. Good option. 303-753-0950. David is on the hotline. David, welcome to the Vic Lombardi Show. How are you? 
Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, it's a very odd day um, when it's uh, when, when myself, a Raider fan living in Colorado, is trying to get amped up for a uh, for Raider Week out here. You know, but it it feels a little bit different than it did last year. You know, the the tone, the vibe. Mm. I I know I still can't stand the damn Broncos, and I know everybody hates the Raiders, and you know that that's one of those things that's between the lines you know it's one of those things that's that that, that that's a fan thing that's a you know that that's that's a team thing that's one of those things you can get fired up about but um the situation specifically over the last you know 72 hours has kind of changed that vibe a little bit for me you know you're right the, the passion the intensity i don't feel it as much you know it's it's like it's you know it's it's more like it's 30 or 40 percent than i was last year because you know? the focus is on the game and i go back to that family thing right like i can fight with my brother but when you fight with my brother, that's a problem. I, I beat the crap out of my little brothers growing up. I did. That's what big brothers do. But if somebody else did, we got a problem. And that's what's happening right now. We're not talking football. Football's no longer the subject matter anymore. It's bigger than football. And that bothers me because this is why we're here. This is why we do a sports show for football. We don't do it for – Exactly. Uh, that's that's hard, to, hard to stomach. But it's also at the same time, like as you just noted, it's 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 there's more. And I think that's one of these things that's – there's the manifest function and the latent function. The manifest mm -hmm. functions are what you intend. The latent function are kind of the unintended consequences. I like the fact that even on Twitter, the discussions that I'm getting in with people, you know, even though it starts out brusque, sometimes people get back down to, hey, I don't feel like this or I don't agree with you, but I don't want to come hit you over the head with a lead pipe. I want to try to talk some things out. And, you know, it's, it's, it's as if we're trying to find a little more space somewhere. But if you look at the situation like um, with the, um, the Pittsburgh um, fire chief mm -hmm. who made some comments on Facebook in regard to Mike Tomlin. Yes. He, he, called, he called, let's say what it is. He referred to Mike Tomlin with the N-word. And he did That's that publicly. Exactly and in, in, in a public forum within the comment, he, he also espoused it with, yes, that's exactly what I meant to say. No, it wasn't a mistake. You know, so we're, we're, we're at a crossroads, Vic. Mm -hmm. um, I don't necessarily know where we go from here, but um, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying through the rest of the course of the week, trying to get amped up for the game again. But it's just like I said, it's, it feels different right now. I got a couple words for you, David, and, and that was a fantastic phone call, even though I have no idea what you mean by manifest latent and all that stuff. That was way too deep for me, but I, I sort of get a, a sense. Hey, I, I got to ask you this. Are you a Raider fan because you're from there, or are you from, from, the, from the Denver area and you became a Raider fan? How does one become a Raiders fan? I was born in Long Island, New York. I spent my formative years there, and I grew up in California. The first ah. NFL game I ever went to was at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum where I saw two stretchers come up to the stands because fans were getting in fights more so than <laughs> medical activity on the field. So at that point, I was hooked. I mean, I, I'm not trying to say it to glamorize that part of it, but I had never seen such intensity. I had never seen so many people getting fired up for one reason, and I, I've been hooked ever since. David, I can tell you this, though. I love you, but if I see you around town wearing a chain this week, I will yank that chain, brother. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Have a good day. Take care, David. <laughs> Pretty good. I will. If you're a Raider fan and you're wearing the chain, it's mine. That was a great call. I mean, I again, I feel smarter listening to our callers today. You know what this proves? How dumb I am and how dumb we all are. Because our have, callers are smarter than we are. They we are. have unbelievably intelligent callers. And it listeners. scares me because I, I didn't realize 
Smart Holy people listen cow. to the show. We've taken a lot of calls. I haven't agreed with everything folks have said, but none of them have been a dud. They've all made points that have made me think and listen. And I I'm a little shell shocked to be honest. I, I really thought dumb people listen to us. <laughs> well, a lot of the media does, so mm-hmm. that balances it out. And I don't know how to react. <laughs> he used a couple words there. I didn't even know what, what they meant. I, but I learned something. Over our heads, right? David, thanks. If you want to call the show, 303-753-0950. Jeff Legwald coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. You got the Vic Lombardi Show. Tuesday, Vic Lombardi Show. Every Tuesday, we've got Akib Tlaib and Jeff Legwald. Legwald will join us in studio here in the 10 o'clock, or 9 o'clock hour, I should say. Hey, we missed this yesterday because we are at Nuggets Media Day, and we haven't even talked about what the Nuggets said. I wrote down a bunch of topics I wanted to get to. And we have to at least dabble in those topics before we get to party with Marty. Guys, they start training camp today in Boulder. Kenneth Fareed tells the world he's a starter. He is a starter in this league. On this team, he's not going to be a starter. I disagree with Kenneth Fareed. And he was great with HW and I when you went down to do some TV stuff. He was on with us. And I thought he was awesome. I I thought he sounded like a veteran. He said the right things. He talked about how they need to get off to a fast start. But I think... Kenneth Reed's best role in this league is coming off the bench and giving the team a second wave of energy. I think that's his best role. It was a fascinating thing yesterday because Kenneth sat down with James and I, and when he was done, the text line and Manchester and I and uh, a couple folks who were near our table listening said, wow, Kenneth was awesome. He was talking about all the right things, except in his role, about how he came off the bench last year to block Westbrook to go to overtime. And if they say this year, Kenneth, come off the bench and go get a block, that's what he's going to do. And then he gets to the group setting. Uh And in the group setting, he said some things. uh, Matt Moore, who's a frequent guest on this station, quote tweeted a fair amount of them that uh, surprised me a little bit, that he's a starter, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but that if he doesn't start here, there's 29 other teams he could play for, and it was... The the night and day tone of what Fareed told you and I, James, on these airwaves, and then the quotes I read from his group session did surprise me just a little bit. Yeah, and look, I I want a guy who wants to be a starter. I think if you have a guy who's like, ah, no, I'm content coming off the bench. I, I don't think you're wired right. So I don't necessarily have a beef with that, so long as he is willing to accept whatever role Michael Malone and company come up with for him. But he's wrong. He can't right. start for 29 teams. He wouldn't start in Golden State. Topic number two, and I found this curious. We interviewed Michael Malone on this very show. I asked him about what starting positions are secured, and he said the point guard position is wide open. Three guys, Murray, Moutier, and Jameer Nelson. Jameer Nelson told me he wants to be a starter. Now what? But Jameer Nelson should not start for this team. Okay, I'm just telling you. There are, I mean, if your goal is to maybe win a game or two more this year than you would if you went with Moody Air Murray, okay. But again, it's we made the same argument from all of last season. It's it's hindering the development of Jamal Murray and or Emmanuel Moody. They need to play. They're capable of playing. They're not rookies anymore. They need to be on the floor. Jameer Nelson's the guy who comes in and spells them if they're hurt, in foul trouble, or just having one of those nights. That's so, so what is role. your? So let me ask you then, what is your rotation? What is your order in the point guard position? Who's first? Who's second? And who plays scrub minutes? Jamal Murray's one. Emmanuel Mudiay's two. Jameer Nelson's three. Okay, that's my that. that's my order. And, and it's not a knock on Jameer Nelson necessarily. It's where this team is at. 
And I mean, God, we probably had this conversation a hundred times last year. To me, it's about 2020 with this team. How are you at your best in 2018, 2019, 2020? And that's by making sure Jamal Murray and Emmanuel Moutier develop. Jameer Nelson's a, a, a great veteran to have on the team. I think he can teach those guys a lot about what it means to be a professional. I think he's a guy that's very reliable if you have to go to him because things get off the rails. But I don't think you want to be Jameer Nelson night after night after night after night. What's the point? What's the point? Is he here in 2020? No. So what's the point? Can I ask you another question? Sure. You probably get this a lot. This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did, um, did Caesar live here? Um, no. I don't think so. Another hangover clip. Oh, so that was the clip we run where people get a yes. chance to win a trip yes. to Vegas to watch the Avs and Golden Knights. I was wondering what the hell was going on there, to be honest seven, with you. Well, you missed it yesterday. Yes. You were gone. 303-753-0950. Sorry, the third caller is our uh, qualifier for the uh, Avs in Vegas trip. There will only be 60 qualifiers, so get in there when you can. I swear to God, I thought that... Jesse was having some sort of convulsion and just pushing buttons in there. I had no idea what was happening. Thankfully, our callers, again, our listeners are smarter than we are because the lines are hot. It gets my Vegas Jones kind of going. Is this the real Caesars Palace? <laughs> I'm going. Hey, I'm going to Vegas uh, at the end of October. Well, so is the, so is the winner. It's the last weekend. They're going to go to dinner with you. Oh wait, what? Are they going October 26th? They go. The, yes, they yes. That's the 26th. That's what I'm going. What are you going for? I'm going for a. It's a golf trip. Oh. Well, maybe we should all go. We'll yeah. do the show. I'm, I'm going to Vegas that, that Thursday, Friday. He's going that weekend. I'm going to Vegas that weekend, it's too. It's the Children's Diabetes Foundation. It's, yep. a, it's an annual trip where they fly people out that play golf, raise money for children's diabetes. I mean, you know me. I don't want to overdo Vegas, but I would go if you guys well, are going. You're, you're going out. for a good cause. I'm going, I'm going to be a total degenerate. Yeah, figure it out. If you guys want to join me there, you can. You're, you're invited. Will you do the show on Friday morning with us? 6 a.m.? I'm going to be on a... F- oh, wait. Is that the day after? That's the 27th. I'll do it. I don't care. <laughs> I'll do it. Roping. I will, I will do it. Let's party with Marty, please. Let's party with Marty. Just hit a button, Marty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um. The finest open in all of Sports Talk Radio right there. Yep. Marty's open. How you doing, Martin? I didn't get a chance to talk to you yesterday. Did you guys have a chance to visit with Marty? We didn't. No, we never wow. talked to Marty. Marty came down to Nuggets Media Day, though. He did? Yeah, I yeah. talked to him a little bit. I didn't see Marty. He was down uh, after the show. Marty, what do you got for us today? All right, so I got bounced for some guy named Mike Malone yesterday. So uh, we're <laughs> going to do a little blend of uh, yesterday yeah. and today. So John Lynch turned uh, 46 yesterday. Big push to get him in the Football Hall of Fame. But did you know that he's actually in the Baseball Hall of Fame? He is. Yes. He was a second-round pick for the Marlins, and he threw out the very first pitch for the Marlins organization. So they took his jersey, a couple game balls, his shoes. Got a lot of stuff in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Damn, I wish he was pitching at Coors Field tonight. Who is throwing tonight? For the Marlins? Look in the paper. If you have a newspaper like I I do. I have it in front of me. Go ahead, Marty. I'll find it. Jeez. (laughs) Not okay, somebody uh, might know that off the top of their head. I well, didn't. One of us devastated. One of us went night. to the game last night. Yeah, it was me, not you. Jose Urena against Tyler Anderson tonight. Oh, jeez. Jose Urena's fourteen and six. Ugh. 
All right, Marty, cheers anyway, up. Scotty No Tippin Pippin turned uh, 52 yesterday. A lot of stories out there of him being a not a very generous tipper. Guys, I know you went to a big dinner on Friday. Vic, you get a peek at uh, what James was working with. You there. know, he wouldn't show me the bill. I was looking. I was trying hard. To, you know, he's the kind of guy. James, when he writes out the bill, he has one hand in front so nobody so can see not it. True. <laughs> and he like turns so not a little true. bit. No, I, I, from what I understand, you were more than generous tipper. Yes, at our dinner, I was. he sent me a picture of the final yeah. bill. I did the math quickly in my head. It, yeah. The tip was nice. Was it generous? Yeah. Did it exceed the customary fifteen percent? Yes. yes. Very nice. Very James, well. Your, your math was you know what, James? James, I don't <laughs> want you. A lot of wine. James, I don't want you to embarrass us as a family, right? That's right. right so you tip well when we have like family functions. I tip well. Our waitress Thank was you. great. She deserved it. A lot of wine. He had two glasses of red. My God, what a lightweight. Oh, my wife and I had a little pregame. Oh, did you? Was, you so. didn't ask about the pregame. Oh. <laughs> we Ubered for a reason. She did seem lit. <laughs> So Mr. Big Shot Chauncey Billups turns 41, and did you know he's currently second in the league in four-point shots in the Big Three? Happy birthday, Chauncey! By the way, I talked to Chauncey the other day. He's all good. He'll come back on the show. Yeah, we all good on that? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, that was an interesting day when we had Chauncey on. Next thing we know, we're watching Mike and Mike, and yeah. they're playing your interview. Chauncey came on the show, uh, I don't a know how long months ago. ago. Talked I about not, Kyrie Irving, and all of a sudden it made national news. I haven't watched any of this Big Three. Have you guys watched it? I watched the first week, and I lost interest. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not into it. I'm I like done. the idea, but it, it wasn't that good on, on TV. No. So Bill Simmons turns uh, 48 today. Anyone want to guess where uh, where his home state is? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, w- I wonder where he's from. Yeah. Boston, perhaps? Bill, Has anyone gone from... Pretty likable to not likable at all in the last decade. You know, like Bill Simmons, he's, he's an incredible talent. He's an incredibly. He's a. I just can't. Here's my problem with 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 Simmons style. It's too long. He writes too long for me, and, and th- maybe that makes me sound stupid, which I am. But I, I'm still of the old. It takes skill to write a column on the back page of SI. Anybody can write eight pages. It takes skill to edit that to one page and make it good. In my opinion. Simmons kind of echoed Boston fans to me. Used to be lovable losers. Now they're just obnoxious. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, 1974, our friend Tommy John had his infamous surgery, and he was given a 1 in 100 chance of ever pitching again. Came back in 1976 and went 10-0 and that season. And, wow. Uh, yeah, since 1974, anybody want to take a guess on how many Tommy John surgeries? Oh, wow. Been? How many? Uh-huh. 772. Oh. I can't even put a number on that. Every, I think every major league pitcher has Tommy John at some point in their careers. It's actually only been 488. What? Yeah. No, uh, that's the past, wrong. The past couple seasons have been like 30 and some stuff like nope, that. I don't believe uh, the number. Okay. All right. Well. You, you're doubting Marty's research? Yeah. I've had Tommy John willingly myself three times in the last three years. <laughs> Okay, so the dumb act of the day. Um, let's just listen to the audio of probably the dumbest play we've ever witnessed. Ever? That was blocked. The Bears have it. The Bears are going to get a touchdown out of this. Now they're ruling. Let's see what they rule in the end zone. Uh, There's a penalty marker down. I, I think that ball was knocked out before he crossed the goal line. Could eventually be a safety instead of a touchdown. He's not in the end zone when that comes when that happened. There is a showboat move that just has no reasonable explanation to it. None whatsoever. When are these guys gonna learn? When are they gonna learn? It's not a touchdown until you cross the goal line. That was brutal. Who they, was that? They ended up getting three points out of that. Uh some special teamer from the Bears who I'm not quite sure if he's still on the team or not right now, but uh 
I was kind of lost during well, Broncos Bills, but yeah. it was the play of the early morning red zone, at least until the finishes happened. Foxy mm. didn't cut Trendon Holiday for doing the same thing. Now Trendon's didn't get overturned, but yeah. you remember that one? He dropped oh, yeah. the ball, and they didn't. You know, he dropped uh, it at the do, one do yard. Do you remember line. Danny Trevathan? Yes, when Will came into the office the following morning saying he should be cut. It was a dumb play. Well, I saw the first one that Shouldn't made have been Remember that. the big one? It was a Super Bowl. I was at that Super Bowl. Cowboys, Bills. Who was the player for the Leon Cowboys? Lett. Leon Lett. Don Beebe. Don Beebe chases him down. That's the first time it happened. Future Bronco Leon Lett. Go on, Marty. So, uh, last thing here. Dumb tweet of the day. Let's let's go ahead and listen to this Jeopardy clip. The, uh, the category is NFL teams by Hall of Fame player. <laughs> Yvonne. NFL Team 6. Running back, Marcus Allen. Anupama. Um, what is uh, Colorado Rockies? No, sorry. <laughs> Who are the Los Angeles Raiders? <laughs> I mean, we laughed. This is a sports show. We laughed. You know, I dare you guys. I want you to take the geography quiz at the end of the sports page. or I'm sorry, at the end of the newspaper every Sunday. They have a geography quiz there. Yeah. Take that. You want to see stupid? Take that quiz. See how many you get right. Yeah, but when I play Jeopardy and it's a sports category, I'm like, this is how they all feel when it's like literature. Exactly. That's how I feel when I take the the geography quiz or the the spelling bee or anything else. Now, by the way, would they have accepted Kansas City Chiefs as an answer? (laughs) He played for the Chiefs. You're right. What did he go into the Hall of Fame as, though? Don't you have to pick a team? You don't go in as a team. You, You go in as a player. So get this. I was watching that last night. Guess another name on there. What? Michael Irvin. None of the three of them buzzed in. Not a single <laughs> Just one. Went, yeah. Dude, those people are too smart for sports. You don't uh, know who Michael Irvin played for? Come on. Will, Will, remind yourself what we do for a living. This is play toy. This is the, again, fantasy land. Smart people don't do what we do. We're all dumb. They could tell you Chaucer's birthday, though. Yes. They, like, invent things. Is Chaucer a writer? Can you imagine inventing something? Can you, I mean, could, if I gave you, like, a bunch of tools and said, put a car together, could you do that? No. Just imagine I, that. I come up with sayings every day that other people steal. Yeah, but you're, yeah, that, that's easy. I'm talking about easy. living stuff. I'm not being able. Can you imagine putting something in the air? You speak into a small instrument. It goes in the air and it ends up on the other side of the world in another small. How do people do that? Who came up with that? That is pretty remarkable. I mean, I can't even fathom that. We can't figure out how to do it or how you would do it, and we know it exists. Imagine coming up with it before it even exists. That's wild. Anything else, Marty? Uh, just a final note here: WNBA Finals Game Two. Vic, who you got tonight? <laughs> who's, who's playing? Who's playing? And I'll tell you who the, I got: uh, Sparks and the Lynx. Sparks right. looking to Let's jump see. out. To Minnesota Lynx. Yes. All right. Los Angeles in Sparks, Los Angeles right? Sparks. I actually would have got the two opponents. Okay, I got the two Trying opponents. Keep up, Vic. Can you name a player from either team? Um, God, I know the player for the Lynx. It's that one. Plum? Does Plum play for the Lynx? I think Della Don, Della... Della Denova? Della... Uh, Della... Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah, hot. Yeah, she, right. University of Delaware. Oh, no, no, not Delaware. Some small school out east. Let's, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> well, I got, that's, all, that's all I got. Well, I'm, not about, I'm not allowed to say she's hot. I got the Lynx. Why do you guys always cringe when I say that? What's wrong with you? Anything else, Marty? No, that's all I got. Thank you very much. I mean, seriously, I can't say somebody's hot. That's bad radio? Why don't you talk? <laughs> what, what is wrong with people? Everything's offensive and sensitive. I think she's hot. You got the Vic Lombardi show. We're back with Jeff Legwald. He's hot. All right, before we jump into the football, we've got smart guy Jeff Legwald with us. He joins us every Tuesday on the show in the second hour. I don't know, Jeff, did you hear any of the Aqib Tlaib interview? Aqib this did, morning, yeah. No, I, I was on oh, the thanks phone. For, thanks for... Uh, 
I got to work for a living. Appreciate you. I can't just show up and talk for a couple hours. Team player my, there, really. Jump in my, you know, car and whatnot. Thanks for tuning in. Dude. Yeah, appreciate it. Akeem brought it today. It was awesome. If you missed the Akeem TV interview, did. you can hear it this afternoon on uh, Harrison Crackman. You can also go on the uh, uh, website altitude nine fifty dot com. Before we get into football, huge, huge news in college hoops. I mean, national news. And I'm I'm reading this. And I don't understand it, so I need a smart person to please translate. All right, uh, there are charges against several assistant basketball coaches across the country in the sport of college basketball. The charges—I'm going to read straight from this. Cause I have no idea what the hell this means. The charges in this complaint result from a scheme involving bribery, corruption, and fraud in intercollegiate athletics. Since 2015, the FBI has been investigating the criminal influence of money on coaches and student-athletes who participate in basketball governed by the NCAA. As relevant here, the investigation has revealed numerous instances of bribes paid by athlete advisors, including financial advisors and business managers, among others, to assistant and associate basketball coaches employed by NCAA Division I universities. What the hell's going on? Well, okay. The first, I was a cops reporter way back. That's why I asked. And your first, your first clue that they have a pretty big pile of evidence is that 2015. So two years they've been they've been looking at this, which means they probably have tapes, video, pictures, something uh, of people doing doing this. I mean, this is money exchanging hands for illicit activity. Whether you're directing someone to to work somewhere else or recruiting or endorsements uh and and they don't bring these 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 are the ones you don't get out of these are the charges you don't get out of and let me give you the four assistant coaches who are being accused right now and the and the colleges for whom they work and tell me if anybody's surprised by this because i'm not oklahoma state auburn oklahoma state and the guy's name is lamont evans arizona emmanuel richardson you could tell. You could tell the guy that runs Arizona, that coach. You could tell he's Sean just, Miller. Oh, Sean come Miller. On, come on, come on. You don't I'm think not, there's something I'm going not on there? With you. Auburn's Chuck Person, the rifleman, the rifleman, the rifleman is one involved, and USC, who is coached by the guy that used to coach Coastal, whatever. Remember that place they used to run and gun in Florida, Florida, Florida Gulf Coast, Gulf Coast, Florida Dunk Coast. City. Yeah. yeah, Tony Bland, his assistant coach. All four of these assistant coaches. Under investigation by the FBI and the United States Attorney's Office. Do you know what happens next? What? They go to those four and they say, you want immunity? And then they go get the head coaches. And then they see yeah. what they get. From, and then they go get the head coaches. One or, one or more. So, but it, this is, we were just talking about, it. these are the charges they get the mob guys with. Wow. You, yeah. don't, you don't get out of this. I mean, I, whenever the FBI trots something out that's two years in the works, They've got you. So Federal are, racketeering charge. What are they charge? doing no, here? Are, are, are they taking the money and using it to buy players? Well, that there's fraud. There's there's they're offering something that doesn't exist. So these are either you know some kind of hey come to SC and we'll give you something or or yeah. you're directing you know since it's financial advisors are you are you directing players to certain agents are you doing I mean there's there's probably all sorts of given the schools I just named does any of this surprise anyone in this room. I think no. you could put a lot of schools on that list. Oh, they're not done. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I say, the the next step is now they get the guys who are charged, and they say, "Well, what do you, what do you think of the word immunity?" And there are a lot of nervous assistant coaches. How much today. do you know? Yeah.
Yeah, there's there's a lot of shredding going on. <laughs> Without a doubt. Man, there there's that layer of college sports, and it's not just college basketball, it's college football that is so dirty. So dirty. Well, college basketball is where it started though, right? With the AAU setup and oh. the shoe company setup. Oh, and it's, yes. it's moved to football of late with all these big camps and all those kind of things where yeah. there seems to be some things going on where you're like, man, somebody's making a lot of money off of this and steering kids in directions that maybe they don't want to go. Um, but basketball has been, basketball has been shady for 30 years. Mm. You guys know, uh, Fran Frischilla? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's now, uh, quoting an old tweet from his on August 28th. So this was about a month ago. Hearing something seismic on the recruiting front coming, but I'm not a story breaker, going to sit back and see what happens. Absolutely seismic. And, and that was is. a month ago from Fran Fraschilla. And Twitter. there it is. No, because, I mean, again, this is a two-year investigation. And, you know, I, I've attended some of these. I mean, it's been a lot of years, but I've attended some of these press conferences where they say, here's our two- or three-year investigation. They're usually pretty squeaky tight by the time they... They roll that out. Yeah. All right, Jeff Legwald in with us every Tuesday on the show. Uh, an hour with Jeff talking uh, the Broncos in the NFL. Let's just get this out of the way because I brought this up with uh, Akib Tlaib. And, man, he was very open, very thorough. Yeah. And we discussed the whole kneeling thing and why 32 Broncos decided to do what they did. And my thought process was this, Jeff, and tell me if you agree. It was over, virtually over. Uh, week one, we saw Milei Stadium. Everybody stood the Colin Kaepernick thing was starting to die down. It was no longer an issue in the media. We weren't talking about it like we were a year ago. It was about to go away until the president opened his mouth. And what you saw over the weekend was a direct result of the president basically painting these players and the league into a corner. Fair or not? That's fair. I mean, I'll tell you what players told me was sort of the tipping point, that uh, how he phrased things in the wake of Charlottesville and then how he phrased things, you know, when he's talking about NFL players. Mm-hmm. That's what they were mad at. Sure. They're mad at the president's comments, not necessarily the things. Well, that, that the, he wouldn't, you know, that they were somehow worse yeah. than the people in Charlottesville. Sure. That that was what bothered the players. And whatever your political, you know, lean is, whatever side of the proverbial aisle you're on, I, there is something seismic about a sitting president calling citizens of the country a profanity. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen it ever in, in the history of America. And, you know, my mom is like regular American, you know, she worked in a battery factory. Uh, She has emphysema because they didn't make you wear masks when you worked in the battery factory. She's done nothing but work her whole life. She retired when she was 85 which was two years ago. So now she's enjoying her retirement. But, and even she was, and she's not, you know, a raise your fist type liberal or something. She's just a regular lady in Chicago. And even she was like, you know, the president, I don't know, you know, she was, she was upset that he was like swearing at citizens. That was her. And that's just my mom. A lack of presidential decorum. I think that's that's what bothered the players. Now, yeah. again, you can think whatever you want, and that's that's what we do here. Yeah. That's why we live here, you know. And and people are upset on both sides of the issue, but I'm just telling you that's what really bothered the players. I hadn't heard that connection, the Charlottesville connection, and I, I think it's an interesting point 
because there are a lot of people, and at times I even find myself included in this group, that I kind of like when somebody doesn't sound like a politician and just trying to make everybody happy and can kind of be a little blunt. At times, it's like, well, that's refreshing. I just would have liked to heard him called neo-Nazis SOBs. Yeah, why didn't he not, castigate that particular group? Like, if you'd have heard that, that would not yeah. have been presidential, he, he, but you'd have said... Yeah. I I could live okay. with that. I could I could live with a president calling neo Nazi skinheads SOBs. SOBs. I could Me live too. with that. And that sounds like that's what that was I, the players. And, issue. and again, I'm just saying, you know, people can be on whatever side of this issue they want to be, but I'm telling you, that's what upset the the players that took mm-hmm. the knee. That's understandable. That dichotomy is what. Well, Akeem told us, just so you know, that it was a one and done situation. He does not anticipate doing the That's same thing. That's what it sounded yeah. like for a lot of, you know, I think, I think Von Miller was yeah. in that camp. I think Demarius Thomas mentioned it after the game. You know, it was, it was, you know, that they felt this was the time. Not, you know, some players may choose to, do something beyond that, and that's you know Vance Joseph has already said that's yeah. their right. But he he also said yesterday that they were going to sit down as a team and try and figure out what would sort of make it you know all for one type. Yeah. You know what's going to work for everybody. Isn't it funny how the sport we all love in this room, the sport you cover, I cover, we watch, we you know this sport being what it is is the reason we have jobs. Isn't it funny how it's moved front and center as sort of the flag bearer for the situation well, in this know, country? Sports have been out there before. This this happens sometimes because this is where the this is other than sort of Hollywood. This is where the people with interest are. I mean, look yeah. at LeBron's place in the in the world. You know, athletes are out front and and have a platform. Very few other people could even dream of having. I mean, LeBron could tweet one thing and it will be around the world and yeah. you know he's the new michael jordan as it were and he's a lot more sort of active than michael jordan ever was michael, no doubt michael never really got out front on yeah. some things until you know it had reached a certain point the delivery and distribution distribution of said message has changed yeah. a lot the world is the yes. water cooler that's yes. what i say now it used to be people actually gathered around the, now the world is is that all right when we come back the very reason james marillette is frothing at the mouth right now he cannot wait to talk about one trevor simeon's performance in buffalo let the b- debate rage on on the vic lombardi show right here altitude 950 they're just they're a really good group i mean we knew coming in that we'd have our hands full obviously very talented front and um, safeties are really good players, and um, the young corners can play a little bit too. So um, they played really well. That is uh, Trevor Simeon after the loss to Buffalo. Uh, now, H.W. has a theory that he wishes to espouse after watching that game. He seems to believe that Trevor Simeon was playing hurt, even concussed. I didn't see it. Oh, I got to add that to my list. Yeah, of put excuses. that on your list. Concussed. Now, H.W., when did you see this? alleged concussion I'm just saying he was really good in week one. He was really good in week two. He was fine in the first half of that game. I actually thought he was pretty good. And then on third and six, he scrambles, gets a first down, gets popped in the head, and the rest of the game throws two inexcusable picks, can't move the ball, and just doesn't look like himself. I don't know why that's such an outrageous theory that's not getting any attention. Well, he wouldn't be in the game if he was concussed. You sure? He was asked. The coach was asked yesterday. He said completely healthy. 
Yeah, that was his word. So can I cross that excuse yeah. off? Cross it off. No you, one made you don't think excuses. he looks like a different player after getting a hit on the head? Yeah, who's no. making excuses? Nobody his, made his, an excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. It's W just did. But I'm crossing it off. But who's nobody? A lot of excuses. I went into that game telling you that I think. Trevor Simeon would backslide a bit, and he did. The two interceptions he threw. Does. Yeah, we, that's we don't what. Get to be you know, great every did, long. Did, every week. Hey, hey, Jeff, did, I missed it. Did Derek Carr have a pretty good game in Washington? Okay, so we, I missed that one. You gonna let's bring up? How oh, we bring no, up? No, this let's bring up Brady week in week one, one too. I, let's I bring up Brady. You, no, I asked you the first week of the season if you, every week you were gonna do this and like wait <laughs> no? until he had a bad no? day and then like come back around. Who, uh, who's been gloating all week, Vic? Have I been gloating? You've been gloating. Have I, have I been don't, hammering it on Twitter don't for, lie. for two days? Maybe no. Was, maybe he has held back. He has held back. Uh, what, the Twitter bet what, happened, in the air. what happened on Sunday was exactly what I've said will happen for months. You is, mean Phil Rivers? Is the fact Against that Kansas City? You're talking when, about Phil Rivers' game, right? When everything is on script and going fine and they're in second and three and there's no problems, you don't have to get off schedule, he's fine, which you could find 80 quarterbacks who could be that way. As well, soon as it broke down and he again, was down if for. If your comparison is the three quarterbacks who can live outside of that world, then you're never going to be happy. Yeah. What were his statistics once they were behind four points in the fourth quarter from then on? Not good, but I I, I tell you the statistic that means the most to me. Four for 10, 36 yards, two interceptions. And he, and he owned them both. So I'm, I'm not sure what you're peeved at. Okay. Let's oh, t- so if we own it, we're fine. Well, let's well, talk. You let's, should own it. Let's talk about both you interceptions. Should own your peeve. Let's talk about both interceptions. One I can live with. The other one, I guess I can't. The first one, in my opinion, I, I, he's trying to make a play. He's out of the pocket. He's doing what 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 Manchester says he cannot do, and that's throw the ball downfield. Well, so he tries see- the ball. He throws it downfield. Fowler goes one way. The ball goes the other. Interception. That's why I have no issues with that one. I really why? don't. Because it's just a wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. The reason Trevor Simeon has this job, what's according the to down everybody and distance on that play? According to everybody, what's who's the down anti- and distance on oh, the play? Oh, look it up. Hang on, let me make my point. Well, I'll just help you. Second and twenty-three. Okay. Well, that's second and twenty-three, so, which is the point I'm getting to. So, if, if every you, what quarterback can make a play in second and twenty-three every time? If you have the job, and everybody's been telling me this for a year and a half, right. because you don't turn the ball over and you make good decisions. When it's second and 23 and you're deep in your own territory and you're down by four and you're a team that relies on your defense, get pump the football. Don't roll well, left that's... and think you're John Elway and you're going to fire one while rolling so, left and falling backwards. Well, that's wanna, a dumb play. So I just want to make sure I have it. I'm, I'm with if the you number on one thing is so you don't want him Western to, genius, so don't you try can't hard make dumb plays, and you don't want him to try hard. No, nope, that's not what I said. I said don't make dumb plays. If your number one thing that everybody starts with when listing your attributes is yeah. smart, you can't make dumb plays. Did he Peyton Manning dumb, make dumb plays? Not it, that wasn't the number one attribute everybody said about Peyton Manning. It that he be, wasn't smart. Peyton Manning, his number one thing was accuracy. Being smart. That guy, no, the ball was, was the number on one thing. the money. And I guarantee if Peyton oh, no. Manning rolled left, fell backwards, he threw the ball across left. the middle of the field, we wouldn't have heard, well, he was trying hard. He was trying hard. No, I'm just asking you if you don't want him to try. That's not what I said at all. <laughs> I said I don't want him to do things that are dumb because he's well, on the field he. to make smart decisions, and that's a dumb decision. That's a dumb decision. But we can't call it what it is. No, we can't he did. call it what he it is. Called it it dumb. turns into I don't want him to try hard, which is ludicrous. That's not what I've no, said he at all. It dumb. It's not what I've said. Hey, I said himself called you're it on dumb. the field to make smart decisions. Don't make dumb decisions. What's what's nutty about that? HW, doesn't this feel like you're at that wedding and your parents? Yeah, are Yeah, this is like one of those. 
You just sort of talking politics at the Thanksgiving dinner table. I was just making sure he wanted him to try. All right, so the second interception—that's the one that I said. Okay, that's that's horrible. That was a bad. I mean, what was he trying? Was he trying Trying to to throw throw the ball away? But he was trying to throw it across his body while falling down. Okay, so he wasn't actually trying to squeeze one in there. No. He was trying to throw it away. No, nobody right. would try to squeeze one in there. So okay. He's trying to throw it away. All right, so do we get that out of the way? To the right, side let's get to the other topics. What, what happened no, with... I think we said it was horrible, too. Don't forget that part. Yeah. What make, happened... Make sure I got it. selective editing. Why couldn't right. the Broncos... Do you do employee reviews like this? <laughs> Probably three... That's quor- what I want to know. Do how you many, do employee let reviews? Let me just see. How many quarterbacks in the league can throw the ball away <laughs> and you actually get it out of bounds? Because that uh, seems to be... Okay. Yeah. All right. So now yeah. we'll make it 31. And he, and he actually did it during the 31. game as well. Put a well, box he did around it. that. He did it during a, to get game I, I'm, well. I'm going to go back to the original. I, the question I asked James after this comes up, what is your alternative, James? Yeah. What What are they doing? Just doesn't like Trevor. That's what do they do? They're, no. And again, what, what how many, it, how many times have them. I said this? They're on a road to nowhere. And I've said they're on a road to nowhere because that's what that after guy is. three weeks. And that's a guy. After no, it's After 17, 18 starts. 17 starts. Yeah. They're on a road to nowhere. Okay. That's what that guy is. They're going to be in this perpetual rut of <laughs> 7 and 9, <laughs> 8 and 8, like 9 and things. 7. You made and, your bones on this one and, and you're dug in, baby. And they're never going to get out of it. And we're going to look up. We're all going to be sitting here. In four years, after they've gone 500 collectively for four Elway years, wait four and, and years. you're going to go, oh, what planet are you, you on? You were right. You were right. Well, uh, see, what planet you, you are you on mistakes. that he would wait four years of nine and seven who's before he, gonna, he did something? Who's he going to go get? Tony Romo? How'd that work out? The magician John Elway? Just they can, never wait. He could just get franchise quarterbacks at it. Oh, my God. Poorest reported story in the oh, history of offseason. They finished third in a two-horse race. That's what happened. So, but you and all the rest of the fans, John you. Elway can just. I like how he goes, you and everybody else. John Elway can just make a quarterback come out of thin air because you know what? I said that. I'm tired this of losing. I bet Hugh Jackson's tired of losing too. He can't create one out of thin air. What's the special. You're tired of losing. What's what did the you special lose? talent that John Elway has for creating quarterbacks out of thin air? Look, where, who said he it? had a special talent? See, now. You, no, you said John Elway wait, won't wait four years. I, you, well, what's he going to do? He, you said what's he wouldn't he gonna make do? a move. Is he going to draft one because he's been freaking great at that? Brock Osweiler was a great pick. Paxton Lynch was a great pick. You Let's said rely Paxton on John to go pick. draft a to go draft. You nope. yourself. Nope. Find me was. where I said it. Oh, Find please. me where I said he was so a great he's... pick. All right. So let me, never let me get in this a million straight. years. Hold said on. He was a hold great on, pick. James. James. Now no, I so you're. You, I said you have to find out so you, you can move oh, on that, and that turn is the, the page. Lamest, that's Quickly. a bigger excuse than anyone's These ever two made. These on here with me every single that's day. That's an enormous excuse. I said, Give the guy the job so I you can said you have it. to find out because you know what we're going to do? That is Jeff? so lame. We're going to spend 2018 training camp doing exactly oh, just what give we him just the job. did. It's T-Ball. Exactly Give him a participation trophy. That's Play the commercial music, Dan. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about something a little less volatile, like the anthem and kneeling. You got the Vic Lombardi show. If any of those Raider receivers show up wearing a chain, will you yank the chain? <laughs> nah, I'm cool, man. I'm Come on, man. Play some good football, Vic. <laughs> Go get that chain, man. Uh, Vic, I'm just out here trying to play some good football, man. I ain't, I ain't worried about no chains, man. Well, I am. You can't have them wearing a chain on your field. That's That's disrespectful. <laughs> uh, he didn't want to go there. Akeem Tlaib, he went everywhere else. But I have a feeling. Now, let me ask you this, Jeff Legwald. If I'm a Raider receiver. That was a classic moment, by the way. It <laughs> was the best. That when he grabbed Crabtree. Just so ripped it around. If I'm a Raiders receiver, 
wouldn't you show up to the game wearing multiple chains just to sort of goad to oh, leave I would into look doing like, something? I would look like 80s. <laughs> 80s Mr. guy. T. Yeah, Mr. I mean, I'd have like a... Seriously. I would have something the size of a hubcap. Seriously, because you, know you know what he, what just he, what he gets to. Come and get it. Come on, come get this chain. Trying and, to get that 15 yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah. I'd even stand like sort of adjust it before the play and everything. Did he get flagged for yanking that chain? I, I don't remember. What happened after that? I don't that? think he did. I don't think the officials saw it. That uh, was kind of a TV. Had he seen it, would he have? Yeah, I okay. mean, that's, that's uh, you can't. That's what? like, you know, like slapping a guy in a helmet or pushing after the play. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, something. The, the definition. That's pretty broad, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct. Okay, what Von Miller did. Is that just ridiculous? Are, are you in well, agreement? To me, if you're the, maybe because the ref's sort of behind the play, doesn't see it, but both guys are laughing. Yeah. Exactly. During the game. And if you're around the other side, but, you know, the ref's behind the play, and he he just kind of tossed it on the ground when Vaughn pulled his hand away. Uh, you know, the Broncos' point was, okay, we saw the officiating video before the season, and that wasn't on there, but, I, you know, how are you going to cover every situation yeah. that's going to come up in the video? It would be like seven hours long. They'd what, be in there watching it for two days. What about the thought process, though? I think it's a ticky-tack ridiculous call. But there's, what, six minutes left in the game? You're down seven. Right. Is it really the time to be goofing around? No, and that's, Yvonne said that. He said that's, I just. He owned it. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty emphatic. He understood, you know, guys do a lot of things in that moment when they shouldn't. You know, that's like stomping on a guy. You know, it's it would have been the same if, you know, he'd pushed him or something. It was the same penalty. Yeah, all right, you've covered this league uh, since, well, since it was invented. Yeah, people ask me all the time, what was Leather Helmets yeah. like? So let me ask you this. Why is it then that after a game, players are always held accountable, coaches always speak the publicly, referees are not. and that referee who made that call goes into the anonymous sanctuary? We we did ask for a pool report. I'm not sure why we didn't get one. That's, yeah, that's why, part of the rules. Okay, why wouldn't you get one then? That, if, uh, that's a, Conveniently didn't get one? No, I mean, if it had been here, I'd have made sure we got one because it would be me doing it. There's one person in every city who's assigned to do the pool report. But why Why aren't they held? Why, after every game, if there's yeah. a controversial call, why aren't they required to talk about it? Yeah, it, uh, they go further. At one time, they were... Baseball umpires didn't have to answer for anything, but now they're out there a little bit. They're supposed to. You know, it's supposed to be a pool report if it's a, you know, like I did one on the Music City Miracle. That's probably my most, yeah, uh, you know, marquee play pool report type thing well, that I've ever done. But, yeah, no, it, it, the, the system exists. I'm not sure. I've asked a couple people why we didn't get one because it was we formally went to the NFL Observer and asked for one and, because you know what? Here's happen. what bothers me. All these arguments that people make, oh, NFL players should be held accountable. They make a lot of money. They're big, they're well paid. Coaches should be they're held accountable, accountable every day. Well, guess what? Yeah. Referees make a lot of money too for yeah. what they do. They're doing just they, fine. They should be held accountable as well. And don't give me this, it does nobody any good. It's just, oh, I don't care. You I should be, it. you should be thick skinned enough if you can take on that job. All right, if you could take on that job yeah. and you're on national television, just like the players and coaches. But the system exists. I'm not sure why that one wasn't done. Do you think if they knew they had to answer questions, they may not throw that kind of flag? Well, I mean, like I say, they do know they're going to have to. Not in Buffalo. Is this a Vic Carucci problem? Can we blame Vic? Yeah, I should get Vic, I should get Vic on the phone right now. <laughs> what happened to the pool report? It's just funny. I don't know if you got a chance. You mentioned Tennessee. I don't know if you got a chance to see any of the Tennessee-Seattle game. But... 
I saw the five players fall on the ground play. It, it was the fact that Von Miller got as many unsportsmanlike conduct penalties this week as Richard Sherman is pretty amazing. <laughs> it is. I mean, if you chase the referee without your helmet down the field 30 yards screaming at him and not get a second flag is amazing. You can't allow that to go on either. No. On both sides of the equation. Mm-hmm. There's accountability, in that, but you can't have players and coaches challenging officials face-to-face running. I mean, you just can't. You can't do it. You won't be able to function. Yeah, it was it was anarchy, and then they didn't kick him out. And then he has the right. cheap shot on Mariota. They still didn't kick him out. It was a mess. So that's the part that makes the Von Miller thing even more kind of ludicrous to me. Of Really? Yeah, they got the same penalties this well, you can And you can track crews all season. Some crews call pass interference like crazy. Some crews do not. So, I mean, coaches look yeah. at that stuff every week, and they have all that data where, okay, this week we're going to get a lot of, you know, like, uh, you know, illegal contact or whatever it is. You know, each crew has its own little personality in terms of what kinds of flags. Jeffrey, uh, special teams did not do the Broncos any favors in Buffalo. Can you please help <laughs> us understand the fake punt, why you leave your lineman on the field? And I know Vance tried to – Explain it yesterday. No, he, he, he said what ha- they tried. Tell us to, what happened. They tried to mix and match to fool. So they ran the line off, the offensive line. They ran them off like it was going to be business as usual. And then mixed them in with the punt team. And then they ran them back out. Because usually the guys up in the booth, at least the guys I know, uh, coaches I know, they watch the players coming off. And they make sure, okay, they they pulled the offense off the field. It's going to be a punt. And they look down. They write that stuff down. And then the guys come running back on. And they try to, at that point, look to see who's in the game. But when the Broncos tried to run a player on late, because they only had 10, Lorenzo Doss was late, uh, that immediately is a red flag to the defense. Now, they didn't change personnel. They didn't call the Bills, I mean. They didn't change anybody. They didn't call a timeout. So they had the same people in the game. So my thinking is you probably bail on the play right then. You, if you're the Broncos, yeah. you call a timeout and you say, okay, we, we messed that up because we didn't get our guys on. But their thinking was, okay, Buffalo didn't change anybody and they didn't stop the play, so why reward them? Yeah. So if, you, well, if you watch the replay, though, the Buffalo guy in a punt formation is probably not the middle linebacker, but he's lined up about right, right. there. He's looking at the sideline, yeah, asking if trying, he should take a timeout. Yeah, do you want me to stop this now? And there's actually another guy in the formation looking, too. Yeah, so they definitely smelled a rat of I mean, some sort. I, every special team coach I know says if they run somebody on late, you look to see why. Now, sometimes it's just because the guy missed the, you know, the announcement on the sideline, you know, punt team. Get out there, right? You know, whatever name they couldn't have. find his helmet. Yeah, whatever. So, but the late arrival is what it sort of puts everybody on alert when you're on special teams. Um, we spend a lot of time on this show, and we did last year, scoffing at whatever offense Rick Dennison came up with that didn't work for some reason. He goes to Buffalo, and his quarterback absolutely fillets the no fly zone. How did it work Sunday for Rick Dennison? You know, they, they've got to play better than that. I mean, I th- I thought the drive right before halftime of the Bills was pretty telling. Cause they, Three only, plays, that one? There's only 40 seconds. I think he I think he was 4-4, four four and they kicked the field mm-hmm. goal on the fifth play of the drive. But, you know, you, you can't give that drive up. Even if it's only three points, 
that drive you cannot surrender because I think he had four 10-yard completions or completions of at least 10 yards. I mean, that, that can't happen. And they don't have the receivers to to sort of do that. So, to you know, I, I think, you know, but what you're seeing is, uh, you know, Dennison knows the personnel of the team. And I think, I think multiple teams now have gone after Will Parks when they're in the dime. When they got six defensive backs on the field, I think opposing offensive coordinators are saying, don't try Chris Harris, don't try Akeem Tlaib, go right after Will Parks. And a lot of those crossers and, you know, underneath stuff, they're getting him lost in the traffic a Interesting. little bit. So I think the Broncos are going to need to an adjustment or uh, to disguise that a little better because I think he is the target right now. Is that a TJ Ward issue if DJ were still on the team? No, nah, TJ was never coverage was not his strength, but I think, you know, Will's down Will is essentially a weak side linebacker in that formation, but they're they're coming in that zone, that intermediate zone uh with with plays aimed at that area of the field, whatever side of the formation he's lined up on. Yeah, I think it's the second straight week we've seen uh Vance Joseph make some rookie mistakes as a coach before half. With the with the way he managed the clock. Now against Dallas, it was obvious it was the timeout, and it allowed Dallas to get the ball back. Third and eleven at the Buffalo seventeen. Fifty three seconds to go in the half. Buffalo's already used one of their timeouts. I look at that, and again, this goes back to our conversation. I promise not to shout. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to convert third and eleven. I think you're better off there. Run the ball. They did make, convert it though, right? No, they threw an incomplete pass and stopped the clock. So, so then they kicked the field goal with 42 oh, yeah, seconds yeah, yeah. left. No, that's what I mean. They, they, Peyton would have wasted more time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He would have taken the play clock down and all that stuff. So Buffalo gets the ball back with 40 seconds and two timeouts, which allowed them to Man. get that field goal oh, back. And that, you're talking even, about. Even that's with a the two You can't – but say you've done all that. You kick the field goal. You're the Broncos. You didn't use up enough time. You still can't give up that drive. I that agree. That can't happen. I agree. If but you're gonna, If you're going to be – a team fueled by defense, that's that's exactly the time where you get the three and out and take the yeah. knee to go in and Remind me almost a little bit of that Kansas City drive last year. Right, where it was, like, and it was the same yeah. sort of uh, route clusters uh, to almost, me. I haven't almost, matched them up totally, but it's the, it's they're attacking the same areas yeah. of the field. And very few times watching the no-fly zone in the Bronco defense, do you feel helpless? That, that was one of those times. Like, wow, they, they can't do anything well, they right can't. Now. I mean, again, you... This is all you know. First month of the season, people kind of try to find your 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 blemishes and then kind of come after them. So now you know. Now it's up to the Broncos to sort of figure out. Okay, what's our answer if people do that? One more segment to go. Jeff Legwald in studio. You got the Vic Lombardi show. Altitude nine fifty. Final segment, Vic Lombardi show. Man, it's been fun today. Keep to lead was fun. We've had uh, a slew of callers, more callers than we've ever had on this program. So we know that people listen, and the people that do listen are actually smart, which is weird. We, you know, we're well, pretty dumb. They shouldn't be listening to me. That, then, that, really, well, frankly. I said that from the get go. I mean, some of the some of the injected comments we got in this show today. So above my head, some of the words that were used, the thoughts, right. the philosophies, it's Maybe they so can, cool. they can lift us. I mean, I'm serious. I love exchanging ideas. I love learning from people. You know, I think we do a show for three hours every day. There's nothing better than walking away from a show saying, I learned something today. You love learning from people. I oh, understand no. why you enjoy this show with me. Oh, I knew where was going there. <laughs> you, you teed that. That was like a little t-ball play right up. there. 
Uh, I don't. Hey, you're a, you're a baseball that was fan. Low hanging. You of course, it was. It really was. Really, really, really was. should be a little embarrassed. Like, are you still a Cubs fan? Oh yeah. Okay, since so I was an infant. Right. So your Cubs did the the Rockies a big favor last night, just yeah, killing the Cardinals, right? Yeah, and we always like that. Yeah. Uh, the the Cubs finished the season. Uh, who do the Cubs finish with? They don't finish with Milwaukee, do they? No, Milwaukee no, plays St. Louis. They just right. finished a four-game series okay. with Milwaukee. They right, so Cincinnati or Pittsburgh. They, okay. won, they won three or four. All right, so I don't care about the Cubs after they, they, they play St. Louis. I don't care what I know, happens you know. there. Did you happen to watch any of that Rockies game last night? Do you? I did. I okay. saw the end of it. All right, so we're all watching, and listen, not often do we get to break down an I inning. I was flipping back and forth. Yeah, so was I. But we're all of the opinion that in that situation, you got a runner on first, you bring in a pinch hitter, and you bring in Valleca and you let Valleca do his thing. Instead, Buddy Bell, it's hard to go against what he's done this year in a lot of situations. Buddy Black, Black too, yeah. Oh, Buddy, Buddy Bell. Black, sorry, my bad. Another You were just in a hot tub time machine, yeah. Um, he chose to stick with Cargo, and he went with Cargo, and Cargo just did not, he looked overmatched. It, and I think you're trying to, at that point, I think you're just trying to show your guy, I still believe in you, and, we're gonna, and if they get to the postseason, they need him. They can't, like. So it's, I see, yeah, but. I, 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 I guess at that, what that, price, at what cost? Yeah, I mean, it's always a get, tough one. Get but, the runner over, man. Yeah. Get the runner. Stay away from a double play. And what did him in a double play ball? Uh, get and it was the runner over. A, it was just like a depressing a double play. dagger. That doesn't come into play if you get the runner right. over. I mean, why not ask Cargo to bunt? All right, let's say that's, you want to stick with Cargo. That's what I would. I would. I would say, all right, we need we need to do things in the big picture here. But with the expanded roster, but I don't know how great a bunter he is. That and, not, and you I'm got all sure these call ups. Can't you have one guy who? You know what? He's a great An excellent bunter. bunter. Yeah, no, get that's I would our call, guy. I would call up guys who do one thing great. Yeah, they're, whatever they're not it get, is, they're not getting off the bench anyway. They're hardly using anybody. It's if it was Ian a great Desmond out there, great infielder. I would get a. I would get a great glove guy. I would get a great, uh, just a control bat guy. Guy who can slap hit yep. bunt whatever move. If you said hit to the right side, he would hit to the right side every single time, no matter what. There's got to be one guy in the organization that can do that. Where was he last night? That's the question. Well, if you can't do it, he can't do it. They're hard to watch but... sometimes, though, because they. I, I oh. like I like watching them, but they 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 make you crazy. God, last night you just had that feeling, that pit in your stomach. You can't right? lose that game. You just had Come the on. pit in your stomach. If they win that game, HW, you're exactly right. I think it's over if they win. Well, that game. and then you know. Of all people, what Stanton makes a catch on the warning track? I know yeah. that was well, a, that was a catch. great play. Made a better play than Ian Desmond. That's did. that's when you know it's not. Yeah, when he's beating you with his glove, not yeah, his bat. That's, that's when baseball's just crushing your heart. Yeah, because the guy makes like a play like that, and you're like, okay. All right, um, final segment here with Jeff Legwald. Let's go through the rest of the NFL. The uh, Raiders come to town. This were you surprised that the Raiders looked absolutely clueless on the offensive side of things in Washington? I, I wondered when people were really going to push on them up front. Everybody's kind of, it's like what the Broncos did to the Cowboys. Everybody's kind of played their offensive line as if, okay, we're not going to be able to do certain things. Washington said, never mind, we're going to do. And they were just, that was old school. That was like up front. I mean, they had a lot going on in the passing game, but up front, that was 1974. I mean, they were just straight up. Is that cut and paste for the Broncos? Will they do the same thing? They've got the personnel to do it. So yeah. now, you know, if the Raiders, it's up to them. Now, I will say when, when Jack Del Rio was a defensive coordinator here and other places, and even, and when he was a head coach in Jacksonville, the book on him from other coaches in the league was doesn't like to change. So sometimes he gets stuck 
if if somebody finds a, a a seam or a hole or something that works, sometimes his teams have been susceptible to multiple multiple weeks of that. I thought overall in the league, though, I think it's fascinating that what is it? Eighteen teams are two and one or three and zero. Oh. I mean, there's only two three and zero oh teams, but you have sixteen two and one teams. Half the league is two and one right now, which is that's. That's odd. Well, and your employer, ESPN.com, came out with their new power rankings this morning, which I know power rankings are subjective and fans get up in arms about them. The Uh, the Falcons were one. You know, it was interesting. The Broncos were seven last week. They moved up to five this week after a loss. And I was like, well, how could you do that? And you looked. Everyone. Everybody else lost. Everybody lost. Where's Buffalo? On that list, I'll take a look for you real quick yeah. here. Yeah, so no, the Broncos every, are now five on ESPN.com. Well, I after forget, I got a, I got a buddy who's huge in the betting scene. Mm-hmm. We always do. try. Yeah, yeah. I, he ain't getting my money. Yeah. Uh, but he said last week was like enormous underdog. Yeah, it was like crazy. People took a bath. Like yeah. it was. And Vegas had their best regular season week in. Yeah, that, that means they're crushing people when the when it's. How much of that do you think was it's September yeah. and they don't have. Preseason and training exactly camp like they used everything. to. That's and everything. then it was also a weird week. Yep. There were some distracted teams. And uh, they're distracted. And frankly, uh, you don't like to talk about weather this time of year. Mm-hmm. But it was it was like record hot in places where it's Green not Bay. hot. Like I covered the Bills for multiple seasons. And I, I lived up that way for a while. I, and I talked to everybody at the game Sunday. And, and like Carucci's been there yeah. forever. Uh, Mark Gaughan at the Buffalo News has been there forever. I asked those guys, have you ever had a day you can remember this hot in September? And they said no. Wow. So, I mean, it was just a weird, yeah. even the weather wasn't right. Well, there's there's a reason, Jeffrey. I do not take my hard-earned money and yeah, wager I've... it on football. Take a look at that window right there. Do you see that list? You see that list? We Each week we pick NFL games. Not just with the winners. numbers. Just that, winners. Yeah, that's right. right. It spreads. So the guys who lead that list at 28 and 12, you see me, I'm near the bottom there. The guys who lead that list at 28 and 12. I think you're doing all right. Huh? Yeah. Okay. I mean, just picking games. But the guys who lead, who are, I mean, so much better than everybody else, they are the combined age of what, 20? Uh, 19. 19 years old. They yeah. are his three children, ages 11, 8, and 5, and yeah. two of them pick every week. That, that's yeah. why, that's no, why you don't that's, bet on that's football. That's why they're rolling. They're 28 and 12. <laughs> because they don't have the baggage we do. <laughs> exactly. Right? When we think we have exactly. baggage, it's like people say, how come you don't play fantasy football? Like it, it's because I stink yeah, at it. Because I know too much. All I do is do I break down football all the time. Oh. I overthink everything. I sit there for two days trying to pick a third receiver. I can't play fantasy football. My head would explode. Well, I'll give you an example. The kids last week picked New Orleans. And the reasoning they had for New Orleans, they have a great offense. And I, we all look and snicker and like, yeah, yeah. they're not going to be careful. <laughs> and, and they, they crushed did. them. And they yeah, just yeah, did. So. They won by 21. Yeah. Didn't they pick Jacksonville as well? They did. Yeah. They were the only one. It, it just astounds me sometimes. When I tell I, when folks I all that. Th- my first sports writing job was in Saratoga, New York. I took my, in August, the Saratoga racetrack is open, yeah. horse racing. They have the Traverse Stakes and all this stuff. And my mom said she wanted to go, so I took my folks to the Saratoga Racetrack. Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah. And she won She won the, a Quinella by picking how the horse walked <laughs> to the gate. <laughs> and she won like $400. And these guys next to us were like hardcore, really yeah. like traveling gamblers. You see them in Saratoga sometimes, like at Belmont, too, or whatever. They travel the country and all they do is bet. 
and they make a living at it. And they were like throwing their stuff down <laughs> on the ground. Because she's standing on the rail. Oh, that one's pretty. I like the gray one. So yeah, it's like when people fill out their March Madness brackets by, by mascots, right? Yeah. Mascots, unis, whatever. But yeah. it's amazing. Vic, real quick uh, before we do fire yeah. up finale, Buffalo is 15 on those ESPN.com power rankings. Atlanta one, KC two, New England three, Green Bay four, Denver five, Pittsburgh six, Oakland seven. So you got five versus seven Sunday at Mile High Stadium. Yeah, and you look. Do we get like, Romo? Is Romo calling this game? It's a good question. You know what, Brent? Did you guys hear Brent Musburger just rip Romo? Yeah. Brent says he's tired of hearing Romo predicting the plays because he says it's off-putting and that it puts his play-by-play guy in a bad situation. And it's gonna, and he's not gonna be able to keep doing exactly. it. Exactly. He ripped him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. he yeah. said, he said, few more years removed from the league, he's not gonna know the plays that are coming anymore. So quit showing off. That's what, t- he said he's showing off. Essential. It's gotta be Nance and Romo on. I don't Sunday. know. I, I would think, I would think. Well, I'm trying to think, uh, is that the best game? Is there one other game that's pretty good? Take it's the afternoon game. It's five yeah. versus seven on the power yeah, rankings. It's probably it. All right, what fired us up today? Our Tri- Troy Hansford fired up finale. This we're gonna be all day, baby. Is the fired up finale presented by the Troy Hansford Real Estate Team? Here's what's got us fired up today. So if I kneel, if I kneel now, am I anti-cop? If I stand, am I anti-black? If I stand in the tunnel. Am I anti-flag? If I stand with my hand to my heart, am I anti-diversity? If I sing the anthem out loudly, am I anti-sensitive? If I don't sing at all, am I anti-American? If I watch the NFL, am I anti-Trump? If I boycott the NFL, am I anti-equality? This is all about extremists, because both sides are on the extreme here. I, I can't stand extremists. This is what we've come to. Why does everybody have to make a point by doing one or the other? You know what I am? I'm anti-politics at this point. I'm anti-extremist. I'm anti-left. I'm anti-right. I feel what I believe, and I believe what I feel. Doesn't make me anti-anything. I just want to go to a game. If I want to get to my knees, I'll get to my knees. If I want to stand, I'll stand. I just want to watch sports. I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. I just want to watch sports like we used to. All right, that's our... um... All right, that is our... uh... Fired up finale for today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Really appreciate everybody participating in the show this morning. Had a lot of calls, a lot of passion. Uh, Keep to lead was tremendous. Our good friend Jeff Legwald coming in studio as he does every Tuesday. Thank you, Jeffrey. Hope you enjoyed the rest of your week. For Jeff Legwald, for HW, for Manchester, for Jesse Trio, Dan, I'm Vic. Up next, Hastings and Brownman on Altitude 950.